There's no snare in my headphones. There's no snare. <laughs> yo, yeah, hey, turn the snare up. <laughs> hey, yo, there's no snare in my headphones. You literally do this for an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, are you ready for ten more issues? Of what? Don of X. Actually, I only read one, so we can talk about that one issue. All right, we'll just watch, talk about that one issue for a long time. No, um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I should know. I guess you're not posting what issues we're reading beforehand when people go to like. Not beforehand, no, because if we miss one. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We fair. So that's how that's how classy we are. Just exposing the the background uh, scenarios. I just want to say that like this set, like I guess we're calling this number seven. This is number four. Fair enough, but there were so many sevens in this issue. Like these oh, were. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a good run of of collection of what's going on in this universe. Like yes, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And that started off with the, the release that we got teased in like the first set of issues. That's right. So yeah, so the, we got a new book here, right? Yeah, which was like, let alone setting up the tease in the beginning, right? But just to see like what this payoff is essentially going to be, these two first books of uh, X-Men Fantastic Four were fucking amazing. Yeah, this is, yeah, this one surprised me a little bit because I was, I'm not the biggest Fantastic Four fan, so I'm kind of like, ah, because they're more adventurers and heroes right yeah and but, then there's always they break the science down down yeah to yeah i've done against them i just they're not my favorite but this yeah. this they, they are, i like there's, where this is going there's a new dynamic and people that you wouldn't think are going to be playing badass are yes super badass yes so and, welcome uh, to the, welcome to 33.4 morning of x what's going to x-men and fantastic four number one and number two is this uh where we do our theme song? Pox, no, I don't know. I'll, I'll throw it Pox, in. Pox, it may, hey, it Pox, may have already Pox, played. Docs. Talks right over my theme song. So thank you. So it starts uh, off with Franklin Richards, <laughs> of all people. Yeah, Fra- Franklin, who is like going to be kind of the shining star for, I assume, this entire run, and if he gets a spinoff. Yes, since he is a, he is a mutant. So yes. Cole wants him, and he's insanely powerful he is omega level creating galaxies and shit dude <laughs> wow. so his parents and he's the, the son of sue and reed richard so he's yes. he wants to be belonged by his family right so there's the easy dilemma of you you can belong in two worlds but sooner or later you're gonna have to choose one of the two which is a fascinating dynamic that they only teased in i guess the first few issues with professor x and magneto who by that point already knew that this was going to become something here so here we are today where they finally get the launch of the comic and already like they don't waste time just getting straight into the meat and potatoes of franklin's different and reed has been trying to fix that in different ways now that's right yeah because we learned that every time he uses his powers he's actually losing them yes which is awesome so they already put a clock on franklin too also this issue for crossover was great because they used marauders cast Yes, they did. And then Kate's in her X-Men uniform again instead of her Marauders yeah. uniform. So yeah. I, don't know. I don't know what they're doing with these artists here, man. But but they still had Kate Storm, um, Professor X, Wolverine, Magnus, Iceman, Kid Omega, the Cuckoos. The, yeah, Cuckoos are in this, yeah. Uh, I wrote Cucks. Um, Pyro <laughs> and uh, Bishop. <laughs> right? And then they're facing off with, obviously, the, the amazing lineup, the, the starting six now. Reed to, I wrote Steve because I, <laughs> I forgot you would touch his name. You wrote uh, Steve. <laughs> yes, so I'm gonna call him Steve. Uh, 
Richards for oh he's not even he's like Steve Storm, uh, Ben Franklin and Franklin and uh, Valeria who are Franklin and Valeria are siblings and offseeds right of Sue and Reed. Yeah, well, Kate. Yeah, so Kate ends up in Krakoa with the help from the Cuckoos to meet the two, you know, Charles and Eric. Uh, in regarding to meeting the Fantastic Four with them to try and recruit Franklin, right? Cuckoos. Cuckoos. Which is kind of a cool, it was a deep cut because it's a reference to yeah, Fantastic that was like Four versus X-Men from 1987. There's like, a few of those in this specific run too, which is great. Yeah, and so again, like I, like I mentioned, she doesn't. her nose is fixed in this and she's not wearing her Marauders costume, so you're kind of like, when is this? Like, when does the story take place? We don't know. Right. But, uh, how do you like uh, Logan's Canadian healthcare? <laughs> it just gets tossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Well, uh, I just like how um, they managed to like pass around the level of importance of characters because obviously you're gonna have a, a lot of scenes between Sue and Reed, who that in itself has like a great dynamic too because Sue is like not even fucking playing around. Like, there's not even like a little bit of rigging room once they decide that they want Franklin. She's like, I'm not fucking around. It's my family, right? So you yes. see her already rise up to like a spot that she normally hasn't played. And it makes Reed into like a kind of a second or like a passenger seat because he's more thinking of what are the ramifications of everything that's happening right now, right? This yep. is not a normal villain coming to just attack my family for they want power. This is a friend. Like an X-Men, yeah, yeah, this, exactly. This, this is Charles, right? And like, I love as many times as, Reed and X got to face off in these first two issues. The the chess matches that they kept playing and the way this they escalated wh- whose move it was next is just fucking amazing. And like just leads me to believe how much they fucking like were so annoyed with each other during all of uh what's what's the um team the it, when uh all the like the smallest the smartest scientists all join up. The cabal was for the the villain. Oh the cabal, yes, yes, yes. What was the one for the the heroes? The Illuminati? Had, Illuminati, yeah. I, it makes me feel like this book made me feel like those two characters like hate each other the most because they're probably the two smartest in the room of already like smartest people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, like Reed is the smartest dude in the Marvel Universe, right? So you're, yeah, not, but, you're not far off. And X is never one to like shy away from his intellect. So I could see no. these guys butting heads way more than the pages let us see. That's why this run versus like you love that these two are going to kind of be the titular kings of the chessboard and see who they send off before they actually um, meet up. Yeah. yeah we'll see. Kate, Kate plays a huge part in this too, right? Like again, she does, yeah. All star level. She has the relationship with Franklin, right? They, they Which, know each other from. From before, not not a not that kind of relationship, you perverts. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. yeah. And they even make the joke from 1987 uh, that the last time they all met up was when uh, they were visiting Professor X, and then Doctor Doom was trying to perfect a cure. For- yeah, well, that's the deep cut I was talking about earlier, like the yeah, yeah, like it was in the 87 drug thing, and they imagined a way to like squeeze in Doom on that one. Yeah. But I love the sweet. fact that like. Kate was the third option because we obviously were seeing what it was like for uh, the Fantastic Four to be arguing about what are the ramifications of losing Franklin. Yeah. And we've been seeing, but now we got a better look at what Professor X and Magneto, obviously how they see 
Franklin, who's essentially like their savior. They're looking to him as the next coming to help bring mutants to like this next promised land. Yeah, whereas whereas his father is promised to fix Franklin. So Franklin's Franklin's um, understandably pissy about his powers being slowly drip drip drained without he's a, he's a fucking control. teenager, right? Like, yeah, he's a teenager. So, but Reed's promising. Yeah, Reed promises that he'll fix him. So his whole thing is like, I'm going to fix you. Then the mutants are kind of like, come with us and you can be amongst your, your, your kind, right? Uh, just and like, we'll take care of you. learn about yourself. Like, yeah. about being under the thumb of... Be, yeah, be your, be your own man. And Reed's like, come on, but I can protect you. I can, te- I can fix you. I can, you know, help you out. As he's dealing with this, obviously, Kate's traveling around and... Which was was it in the first one or the second one? I think it was in the second one. Um, they finally meet up towards the end of the first issue, and it's the Fantastic Four, and now Kate and um, Franklin coming back from just talking it out and kind of getting a feel for what Franklin actually looking for, with the most of the Marauders and just the little like tease of the fight that we were gonna get was just like just enough. For you to know how great this comic's gonna be, yeah, because they just flirted around with like little matchups between uh, the X Men facing off with each other, and you already love that how Sue Storm is like the most vocal in that. She's like, "You can't take my children," because at this point they think the X Men already kidnapped Franklin, and it's only when Johnny Steve Storm kind of pops up and starts giving Kate the business that you can start seeing all these little like duo matchups start to uh, peel off in the comic. Mm. So like, I can't wait to see the different combinations of who they're going to have battling you. Yeah. Uh, Reed, Reed starts to question Professor X and he, he brings the logic to it, right? So like he can understand how Franklin has this crazy power set and X would want him to be on Krakoa and kind of get a feel for like that land being a mutant. But the real twist for him was why does why the rush like why do you want a timetable like why does he have to come now, which is the big like red indicator for Reed, which is a great question, right? Like, yeah, why are you coming? Why are you coming you know, to call right well, now? Yeah. and Magneto have been all doing a lot of things on a specific time set, and then been preparing for new things to happen. So like you you know that as the reader, we've been seeing them kind of slowly, meticulously start to plan things and watch them kind of unfold and with their what they think franklin is going to be like you can only imagine yeah so what so the, what 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 you're getting at is when the x-men show up uh to the fantastic forest place but frank franklin frank franklin and kate sneak out and they take off so um a fight actually ends up breaking out between the two teams closest to the closest krakoan gate because like you said they thought the Fantastic Four think that the X-Men actually kidnapped, they kidnapped him when really it was just him and Kate kind of taking off to have a heart-to-heart. Um, and in that scene, and then little, the, I didn't describe it as well as you did, obviously, but in the living room, you get a nice dynamic between um, what Magnus is saying versus what Sue's saying. What, yeah, uh, oh yeah, for sure, yeah. Charles is saying, which is against what uh, uh, Reed is saying. And then outside, which was my favorite kind of combination, Storm and Thing get into like their perspectives, and mm-hmm. I felt they did the best. Like they weren't. You couldn't see it, it was as heated as it was going on inside. It's nice that um, they also talked about having diplomatic immunity, so it looked like it was going to turn into a diplomatic immunity brawl <laughs> with the Fantastic Four versus. The yeah, Marvel. although as as a as a as a father, like 
when you when you see Reed, like he really, really fucks up a lot with his kids. Like nobody tries to go through the gate. Franklin at one point tries to go through the gate and he, he phases right through it, and he learns because Reed um, disguised or hid his mutant genes. Yeah, so like you put a tracker on him and some tech yeah. game with his power. I'd be pissed too. I'd be like, what the fuck? What are you doing, man? Like this is my like case in point. This is my life, and that's that's kind of the. But Charles seeing that, like you knew, like for him that was checkmate because he yeah. didn't even put up a fight. He's just like, all right, we'll, we'll be seeing you, right? Like, yeah, I already know where this is going. If you're that type of dude, then if that if you're that luck. type of father, right? Like this is gonna turn into um. Uh, and then uh, even sorry, Ben Grimm comes up and says the same thing to Reed. He's just like, yo, you can't like. That's how you're a father. Like that's yeah. how you're a teammate. You can't do that to your son. That's cool. And for me, too. like. It seemed like there was going to be a little uh, Ben Grimm versus Reed Richards Civil War Three <laughs> Protection Act. Yeah, I don't think. Do you think they ever have they ever disagreed that much that they've fallen out? Um, I'm not yeah. sure. I don't like I said. I don't. I don't follow Fantastic Four all that much. So I'm not yes, sure. but nothing as serious as like a child. Yeah, they both have way more stake in this situation. Usually, it was about growing pains and like how Reed can't ever fix Ben. Or either empathize with Ben. That's right. There's that line there too. Completely different line, right? Yeah. Um, but this seems like to be the first time where, because you had a scene earlier where Ben's talking to Franklin, and he's just talking about like his dad obviously cares about you, and just like Ben's that uncle. Yes. Where like Franklin can just be like, "Yo, like here's some real shit. Like let me just talk to you." Like yeah, they have they have a cool heart to heart. That's about Ben and Franklin. But it ends up it ends up at the end of this issue when yeah thing comes around again you're like ooh, like this one's hitting a little deeper for reed because reed was in the right up until the third act yes exactly like i, exactly. I was reading that uh, charles was coming off like a villain for most of yeah. the stuff Mostly and, until uh, they the, to the switch over right even reed had the line he's like yo chill up charles before you like do another mental violation on one of us right like yeah. when they were threatening each other and it's like it's true like with charles power set like he's really just in in invading spaces that you legally shouldn't have no much control to but in the in the end franklin and valeria sneak onto kate's ship right on. and they because they think they're going right to Kokoa, and they learn that they are not they're going to a stranded ship in the sea but even better than that yeah what's the, the, just the reveal doom. doom doom and that was great like i was already riding high off of have the comic paced out, but to have Doom just in the eleventh hour be like, "Nah, you guys aren't going where you guys think you're going." Yeah, he just appears. He just appears. Like, nah. Which is crazy because because I I didn't think like I didn't I didn't think he'd be in this. So when he showed up, I was like, "Oh, this is sick. yeah." It was amazing. I'm into this. And even in the next book, because I'm already gonna spoil that, he breaks out Uncle Doom, which is now my new favorite name. That's for right. Because. You go from that um, issue into issue two, and it's now. And Sue's just mad. Double <laughs> piss. Uh, understandably so, right? It's just it, that's what it opens it, right? Psych, psych is talk or Cyclops is talking down. Read yeah, the there's Sue, like, a, like there's a hologram sort of like messaging system where Cyclops is just telling them like we don't know where your son is, like we didn't take your son, and Sue's not taking any of that shit. Yeah, and like, like we don't we don't have your kids. Yeah, she she snaps the machine. And signal lost, right? So like you get you already get a nice streamlined picture of where these two teams are like they're not really trying to work together. They both no. see things completely differently. And now they're going to hit ahead 
if the one thing in the middle, Franklin, doesn't essentially reveal himself? I, my favorite part about this one is after that call, that, uh, that call they have, Sue and Cyclops. Right. When the signal's lost, or ha- I guess Sue technically hangs up on them. Uh, Eric's there, and Magneto's there, and he's like, "Is this? Will this be a problem?" And Cyclops like, "Yeah, Eric, it will." <laughs> so he already knows, like, because because Cyclops, I'm sure, his exposure to the Fantastic Four is very limited, but Cyclops knows them well enough to be like, "This is yeah, not he, good." He's been in some back and forth with them, so yeah. yeah, this is not good. She is, she's a strong woman. She's not gonna let this lay. And again, I think they've always been a sub, like a subconscious mirror to each other. Reed and Cyclops and Sue and Jean Grey. There's yeah. a lot of similar dynamics, especially when you look at the fact that Reed and Cyclops are always trying to play Boy Scout, and they're yes. always trying to do the best for humankind when they're not always paying attention to the team, which for Reed's case happens to be his family, so it's a little deeper. But again, Cyclops is, treats Gene like family too, like it's a surrogate. And then there's the whole Summers family now, right? So, right. And to, seeing- your, to, your, to your point with Reed being the Boy Scout, the three other Fantastic Four walk out on him to go find Franklin and Valeria. Yeah, that's what happens in the end of uh, after the phone call. Like they yeah. all kind of start turning on each other, which really is turning on Reed because yes. Reed fucked up the most. Yeah, and Sue kind of giving him the business, which she well deserves to do. Um, he's the reason the son doesn't trust the family. Right, and then we learn that uh, the Marauders who they were going we said they were going to find a stranded ship to help some mutants out and instead of going right to Krakoa that stranded ship they were going to ends up being on doom, doom island yeah. it, like you get dinner with doom and then first class to doom island like this guy's what, a fucking what, class act what i loved about this is that doom yeah, island is, yeah. is where is where he goes when he doesn't want laveria getting any smoke involved he's he's yeah. his own cayman islands how do you not like this guy? Like, how does anybody not like this? This guy's awesome. Fucking class act. And his whole MO in this book kind of seemed to be the third party that wants to help fix, for lack of a better word, or unlock the potential of yeah, Franklin. Quote, quote, unquote, fix Franklin. Um, he's, and so much so that he wants to play Uncle Doom to Franklin and uh, Valeria. Valeria. Valeria, yeah. Or Valeria. <laughs> They got that. Uh, so, if you haven't been reading this, this comic has been amazing for the inserts. And when I say inserts, like usually the break from the actual comic. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Just like extra facts and information that are relevant to what's going on and what's going to be happening. So, they, they, they drop in this nice little Reed Richards entry um, from his diary, and it's just talking about the mutant population and how the exponential growth of it, it could have some dire consequences in the end. And then they show the graph of how many mutants are out there compared to how many mutants are out there not on Krakoa compared to how many Omega mutants are, are out there. And just to get the kind of feel of how much power Krakoa has with this influence of mutants compared to off Krakoa mutants, and then obviously the Omega level, because it doesn't give you a number for Omega met level. Well, well it's, it, level. it's it's about, it, the, the Omega level is not a... Because they're they're displayed by circles, so a circle equals fifty mutants, and the the omega level circle is, I guess, Only a third 50. full. Yeah. So what would that be? Twenty? No, not twenty. It'd be like 
Yeah, between 15 and 20, right? 15, yeah, because 315 before. So it'd be about between 15 and 20, somewhere around there. I imagine that is what that displays. And it just stresses the fact of how powerful and important Franklin is in this universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, cut back to Cyclops uh, in the council circle talking with the rest of the team. And it seems like, like Cyclops is the only one that wants to discuss the elephant in the room, which is essentially like they're talking about kidnapping a child. Yeah. And Cyclops coming from a father is like, this can't end well, right? Like, again, you, you see the parallels with Reed, like of him. If I was in this position, I definitely wouldn't like let this happen, right? Like I'm going to fight for my family more than anybody else. I like that uh, little flirting thing going on there. Between uh, Emma, Emma and Emma, I think. Emma. Well, you, they, you can't have them in the same room. It's so fucking. No, if there's, the sexual tension is so thick with those if they're two. Anywhere, and it doesn't matter what's going on. If no. they're within earshot, they just feel like better, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's um, so. Yeah, they, like you said, they're talking about kidnapping a kid or the, the potential, like, the, the, the potential ramifications of kidnapping a kid. And the confirming that, know, of course, they didn't kidnap the kid. They didn't get. Next thing you know, it's, he's, they're all like. They can't, yeah, they can't be left alone. <laughs> but I thought you were just going to lead it to the, what the real surprise is, which is the sneak attack from fucking Fantastic Four. Yeah, that, was, that I didn't expect. I didn't think Which was so fucking funny. awesome. They managed to, like, manifest themselves out of, like, seats. So they were, yeah. like, that's how great the, this team is. They now know, because there's little nods to, like, when they, I guess, reveal themselves, things I, have started exploding, and then you see, like, they're wearing specific suits, and there's a nod to how the helmet can block from... Um, psychic abilities right so like you understand that reed made sure to put that in the suit but like the power set seems to be very much of invisible woman first before you get the explosion of the thing and then fantastic four like it's an amazing just kind of a to z of how these guys can operate when i did not yeah i did not see that coming i didn't think they had the balls to like you know and again, it's for it a kid. So like, and they were they were right in the quiet council. They were right in the quiet council. They chamber. got right, like they they got to the most centered, like the heart of Krakoa, like the, yeah. the the spot that you would think is the most sacred. They were right. They were chilling, just waiting for their movement to strike. So like, I and I the, fucking love that uh, sneak attack, and I love the dynamic, and just them putting the stamp off, like, yo, we're, this is, you're, we're not gonna get pushed around here. Like, you're fucking with family. You're fucking with blood. We'll do anything to get this guy back. Yeah, but then and then of course doing that though and being um, caught, quote unquote, caught while you're doing that is basically an act of war against well against okay. Krakoa. So it's like just the, here's my question to you: These are first go. two books. Who shot first, Reed or Charles? Reed. Because sooner or later, one of them's going to be the the latter, the loser, and one is going to be like, "Is you did this?" Reed shot first. So here we are. Because Charles, I mean Charles and Charles and Eric and 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 the other mutants, they went there for a discussion. So they reached out. They didn't enter their house. They were invited into their house. Came in. They didn't just show up. Right, they're out in the street. And they they were there for discourse, and it was out in the open. But Reed and them literally snuck into a nation that doesn't, a hostile nation for for, you know. Lack of a better term. Under the belief that they their son was kidnapped. I mean, uh, under the belief that yeah, then that's that's granted, but they had and no it, proof it's for that. It's interesting that you think that um, the conversation at Baxter Building, if it was Baxter Building, and the Sneakum were the first two like moves to start it off. Because I want to say like Charles had a hand in it way back in the beginning. 
because he had already made it very clear that they're like Franklin was a person of interest. Yes, you're right. But that, again, he was leaving it up to them. He was kind of just going. Sure, I mean, bro, again, I want you here. You, this is, this compared is, to like, uh, well, here's a fucking fist to the face. Yeah. Meanwhile, these guys snuck into. Uh, I don't. Want, I don't want to say military, like military area, well, but they snuck into like. Lines. Yeah. The Quiet Council itself, like they said, the heart of Krakoa. Yeah. That's that's espionage, right? That's you're spying on them. That's yeah. different than coming in to their home and having a talk. So I, in the sense, yeah, he shot first. Then yeah, we go back. I, to the, sorry. No, I was gonna say, even though he maybe he was goaded to a little bit, but still. Yeah, I, I feel like Charles has like a heavier hand in this, and I hope as we read more, we find out that he's kind of been pulling some strings way before we were ready to see some strings. But that's for me. That's another theory that like Charles may come out to be the the ultimate villain of all this. Oh yeah, there's no doubt that there's something messed up. With they've that been guy. doing TV things since it started. Yeah, but yeah, so, they they end up having to fight all of Krakoa more or less. <laughs> yeah, it's only leading to more senior things. That's and they get a, they get a, they get out from the skin of their teeth by by the skin of their teeth, not on the skin of their teeth. But um, so we go back to. Um, Doom. Doom Island and Uncle Doom <laughs> is now telling Franklin uh, uh, about how, how we can actually unlock his true potential. That's right. And again, Kate, the all-star, um, she kind of sh- shines in as well. Um, they keep giving me more reasons to like love Kate throughout this entire run. She's awesome. She's, on, like, she's honestly becoming like... And I, I, I've done fun. such a 180. Like I never really hated her, but like Shadow Cat, you just think, okay, go through walls and that's it. Yes. They've given me so much and given her so much to like dive into and just enjoy that we're not even halfway through this series and she's like steadily rising as one of my favorite characters. That yeah, this this whole relaunch, yeah, you're absolutely right, me too. This whole relaunch has done her honestly awesome because yeah, Shadowcat was always just, no no offense to Shadowcat fans, but she was but always she was just, like, a, like, she's such she like, goes through walls. Yeah, and like a second, like, like last year, like when we talk about Dazzlers and Jubilees, there was also like shadow cats, right? Like you get yeah, well, there, but you you don't really need them. They're never on like the no, because well, and, and also it's what's really cool about her and is that her power is, for all intents and purposes, a defensive first power. But she's learned how to use manipulate it, for, it and use it to yeah, for offense well, too, and it's that's so sick. That's the credit to how they've written most of the X Men for this run. But the fact that they've now got us calling her Kate, not Kitty. Yeah, like they completely like made us see her as Kate, which is just a, a testament to how they've treated her. Again, she's a major player walking through Doom Island, talking with Doom, and you find out she's ultimately the one that makes the deal with Doom. Yep. Um, that uh, she'll trade kind of letting Uncle Doom work with Franklin to unlock abilities. And she gets... So wait, do you remember what the other side of the deal was? Yeah, they can stay unharmed on Doom Island, but he must be able to work on Franklin. Okay, there it is. Because she wants to stay. She wants to stay with, like, you can work on Franklin, I, I guess, but we're staying right here. Like, there's no fucking, you're not getting him one on alone. Yeah, and just to like work on him. It's not like yeah. Mr. Burns and his heir. We have to go. Live so here. I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking that he might be using Franklin somehow to charge his doom sentinels the, the last reveal that you get to see now there are like, more doom bots and they're even yeah. bigger and now this, they're in sentinel form the sentinel form i was like 
okay this is this is getting crazy i'm all i'm all but that's amazing like that's the yeah. amazing that's what you would want i would want doom sentinel bots yeah i'm all i'm just, all in i really appreciate how um the relationship with obviously valeria <laughs> and frank is very like genuine but they both talk about how they don't feel like uh doom is trying to like pull one over on them that like he's actually like he has his interest in their best heart yeah, the kids which, are gullible yeah, well, fair. Like, it could go two ways. But also, like, I kind of believe that, too. Like, as many beefs as Doom has ever had, he's never taken it out on children. If anything, he's always been, like, the statesman to watch out for children because he's always trying to protect Latveria. Yeah, right. He's, he's only ever really hated Reed, and that's only because he, wanted, he got the pussy that he didn't get. Yeah. And everything else is usually just a battle of the brains. It's just like, well, I need more power on my side to fund my shit. And well, I don't... Reed, it's always like I need more power on my side to fund my shit. Like he's got the negative zone and all that shit. I don't. I don't really think Doom is evil, but he's self-serving, right? So you just got to be careful. That's all. Which makes him an a, amazing adversary to when you put someone against him, because you never know what's going to come out. Yep. Like they've had some great runs with Iron Man versus Doctor Doom, and like I feel like those two are amazing equals. But I can't wait to see what they do with him now in the X Men universe. Like, good lord. Yeah, it'd be fun. Imagine him. Imagine the conversation between him and Sinister. Oh yeah, yeah, heavy. What would what would him and Apocalypse talk about? Yeah, I don't know if he's ever gonna end up on Krakoa, but it'd be sick. Again, it's sick. There's, the, the potential's there, right? So he's a new piece on the board, and this is a board that's already got like risk levels of global domination, and I'm still finding more things to be surprised and excited about. Exactly. Well said. Fan- Fantastic Four versus X Men. Yeah. And so from there, we move on to Excalibur, number seven and eight. It's getting thick for the the Outer World friends. But yeah, Team Excalibur. They got a lot of stuff going on. Well, that's what it, it opens with Betsy getting Richter to bury the sword for Brian. It's what he wanted. Because Brian's... Oh. Go ahead. I thought Brian took up the mantle, but it, like he already seems like he's checked out. Like is he dead? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's got some. He's he's damaged. He's still holding on, which is a theme in a couple more of these books that we'll talk about. But well, he's, he's still holding on to things from previous. He's 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 still haunted. He's still haunted by the possession that he had going on, and he goes, "I don't want. Basically, I don't want this sword because I'm afraid doesn't, that doesn't I feel might, worthy. I might. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't. Feel, yeah, there you go. <laughs> he doesn't feel worthy." Um, and then, obviously, Betsy goes to talk to her brother, the King of Avalon. The other brother, yeah, Jamie. Jamie. Um, I, I also wrote this down. Um, I wrote one baddie down for Excalibur. Like, and then I went through the list of how, as many titles have completed like or conquered a villain and then moved to the next one or are still on the same villain. So I have Fallen Angel, yes, they, they conquered that villain. X-Force, they think they have. So that's right. That's right. That's the plant. Well, there's they got a multiple. They got a few. Yeah, there's a few in X Force, right? So I wrote. They think they have, and no, or kind of, right? Um, New Mutants. I wrote yes and yes, because I feel like every time things keep popping up in that title, they pretty much do the work, right? Um, yep. Marauders, kinda. We don't know what's happening currently, and then X Men. I left open ended because that seems to be such a fucking mindfuck, especially the way I'm reading it now, because I start looking at basically everyone at the circle of council, or the council circle, or... Quiet council, what's it, yeah. What's it actually called? Quiet council. <laughs> I start looking at them as more opportunists, and none of them, like, they're all, they're all basically anti-heroes. 
So sooner or later, they're all going to become villains to whoever's in the way of whatever they're trying to get. Yeah. So like you can all you can already start looking at like how they're facing and sitting across from each other. But we'll get we'll get into it more when we read. I think it's Marauders. How yeah, White Queen and Sebastian Shaw are already starting to fight at that table. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there. Right? We'll get there. Which is great. I mean, again, that that's how deep rooted this run is of all of this shit. Like, there's things that bleed into each other, and that makes even more issues that much more dense because you're like, oh wait, and she was doing something over here. This is the first time, like, in a relaunch that I've gone through that where I'm reading every book available for it. And it's yeah. it's quite a... While there are ones that I guess we could have avoided, <clears throat> Fallen Angels, but there, it's it's cool reading everything because you're right. Everything kind of bleeds into each other a little bit. They're, they're very much trying for a, a specific level of continuity when yes. other projects are just happy to have other titles included. So they kind of do whatever they want under the whole, well, it's a civil war, so anything happens kind of rule. Yeah. Um, this one seems to be even keeled, and they understand the like whatever burn we're giving you, it's definitely an even burn. That's right. But she, so back to Betsy, she visits Jamie in other worlds, and he's being all cocky. Well, she ends the, up the king of Avalon. Yeah, and that's his thing, right? He's he's fun to read. <laughs> he's fun to read. <laughs> but he she ends up stumbling upon Apocalypse and Exodus. I have my notes here in brackets. Still hasn't done anything. But, but we get to see Exodus, so I was super yeah, happy. But he hasn't I wrote, done anything, yeah. I wrote finally. Finally, yeah. And she basically threatens. She doesn't know what they're up to, but she threatens to put a stop to anything nefarious. <laughs> and and Apocalypse is like, we're all fam here, man. Yeah, it's all cool. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all cool, bro. But he, he kind of drops out that little nugget of um, the the gateway now can let all other mutants into Outer World. That's right. That's how Exodus got in. So like, that's a nice little. Let's just put this nugget over here as. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's making himself very comfortable. More land, well, yeah, and more accessible, right? Yeah. He's got more doors and more people that can go through those doors. But he gives yeah. her he gives her his grimoire and tasks her with finding or bringing home. This is kind of it gets kind of weird, but he bringing home the heads of werewolves, werewolves. To, use, to use as a homing beacon between realms. You say it gets weird. I think it gets the most, like, amazing because imagine how deep. Apocalypse's grimoire is going to be. Oh, no, his grimoire set, yeah. Like, he's, he's he's seen everything, like, as one of the world's most uh, oldest mutants. And essentially, the grimoire is just the... Well, he's, he's the original, yeah, he's the oldest. Yeah, mutant. right? Like, uh, identify, like, it's a big dictionary book or, like, uh, with animals, like, encyclopedia. Yeah. For whatever's out there. And obviously, we're already in Outer World, so... Because Krakoa's got its own set of crazy mutants, but to add another magical kind of mythical... And then talking about the war rules that kind of looks like um, Sauron and Silver Surfer had babies. Because they're these weird silver looking. Uh, oh, the war wolves. The war. Okay. I was sorry. I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The war wolves. Yeah. They do. They look like. Yeah. You're well, you, right. you died for like five seconds. So I, just, I did. I was like, I just tuned out. And I was like, huh? like tuned back in and you're like, Silver. <laughs> you I was came like, back what? In for a, huh? I was like, what? Uh-huh. But yeah, they're, yeah, they're these silvery beak looking things that are they're, they're they're from they're in continuity they're from i think the mojo or something but they uh what she makes reference to in this too that's right yeah don't think I, yeah but they have to go and bring back some heads which is <laughs> makes <laughs> sense for excalibur they're it's all dungeon and dragon so like it's constantly adventures for things that you don't understand are in different realms and you get like, uh, 
they, they they hammer home the fact that like this is literally an RPG. Like we, yeah, we no, need a mage, yeah. we need a knight, we need a wizard. I love it. And we need Pete Wisdom and Jubilee who tag along as well. Um, things she's, get she's, little... she's funny too. Ju- Jubilee is actually funny in this because she's just so she's so tired about with um, Shogo who keeps wanting to be a dragon instead of a baby. And uh, Betsy like pipes back like why wouldn't you be like why wouldn't he want that choice like well that's exactly Mike's like would you rather be a baby or a dragon if you let me think you know so that that's funny that she's actually funny there she still sucks but she's funny okay thanks thanks for that little addendum I need to I'm reminded that she hasn't <laughs> done much here no, but I like not. that she's rocking with Chogo yeah so, yeah I don't know I don't I don't mind her but you know I can't that's our thing though she sucks she's li- she's literally done nothing in Seven issues. Uh, yeah, nothing. I'm the only one. Even Pete Wisdom's done more than her. Uh, and it's Pete Wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this is not the rap name you're supposed to choose. So yeah, they meet. They meet. They literally meet up with Pete Wisdom. Uh, Wisdom. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. They bring Pete Wisdom along, and they find out the Warwolves have been sent away, or sold to uh, Colin Bloodstone. So this. So they go and find him. And there's this like, summer posh lodge where obviously it's like old school and like butlers and everything. And he shows up on like white horse and he well, announces that they're going to have a war wolves hunt. <laughs> that's right. It, he looks so much older here. The last, the last thing I read with him, he was a teenager. So it's it kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, Oh, this guy's like significantly older, older than and I now. He's, he's murdering a uh, species. On his that's property, right. Which gets different reactions from all the Excalibur like teammates, which is kind of cool. Because uh, Rogue uh, is kind of like, I haven't been a hunt for a long time. So you get the whole like Southern kind of, this is an everyday. We used to like fox hunt, fox yes. hunt and things like that. And Gambit's a little more guard up. And guard, Gambit's been guard up this entire run. Because he, he, really has, he yeah. found out that Apocalypse was his teammate. He's like, well, I'm not fucking with this. So he's still on his kind of soapbox of like, well, yo, Apocalypse is a predator. And like he, he'll he'll find what he wants to use. So like, I like he's always in the back, keeping everyone focused on what I would call the A storyline of what Apocalypse is actually up to. Yeah, because we're gonna find that eventually. But the whole the whole Cullen Bloodstone thing it makes me it made me laugh because there's a, there's a couple of things in a row here that happen uh, when when he he challenges them to the hunt. Right. He has house cats with him that are. <laughs> that are <laughs> Instead of like bloodhounds, smell and find these creatures that he's looking for. Yeah, instead of bloodhounds, he has these house cats. Maybe laugh. They just hiss and stuff. And um, when they do find these things, or one of these things at least, and Rogue does her does her business, she ends up wearing one like as a pelt. Yeah, that was awesome. When she came down as a cape, I was like, yeah. that was so cool. Yeah, I was like, this took a turn. Not really, because if you look at the team when she comes down, you actually see how much the whole team has kind of uh, evolved into being like all of these uh, Dungeon and Dragon characters. Yes. Like, like, remember Richter's first issue? He was like t-shirts and like pants. And now he's all like hood and cloaksman kind of shit like, like a that. druid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Betsy's finally become the full knight for like, so I really appreciate how they just keep adding another layer to it. And they're all um power rangers in like they all have one specific color except for like betsy who's rocking the flag colors like they're all leaning on like richter's green 
Rogue is gold. Like Gambit's pink, and I I dig that too. Like it lends itself to the adventures that they're having in this comic run. Yeah, that's a cool. I didn't notice. I didn't even think of that. But I just I thought the pelt looked really funny. It just randomly just shows it did, up. Like, and I, I was like, again, oh, I love okay. it. And that's such a like D and D thing. Like you'll find a cloak or like a Zelda. Think of Zelda. Like you're just walking along and you find this pelt. You put it on. Da-da-da-da. You have like a next power up to get you further in the game. So yep. I I keep reading Excalibur as like this fucking RPG. That's awesome. The one, the, the 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 final thing that I thought was funny, in in a twist that nobody sees coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Bloodstone and tries to take them all on, and I'm like, first of all, what are you doing? Everybody knew that you were gonna do some bad <laughs> shit, but Lady, second second of all, what the fuck do you think you're going to do? Well, it, well, he turns into a vine zombie. No, I know that's that's his whole thing. He turns into him like a monster. But what are you gonna do against the whole team of mutants? You're not even like sneak attacking them. You're just like no. He's just like I'm. It's time now. Like he's on a horse and like he starts bleed. He like he two faces. Like yes. half of him just like starts bleeding. I was like, you know yeah. what? This this is who I am. I was like, this is. I was like, okay, this is. <laughs> no warning, nothing. But like that was great because I laughed and went straight into the next issue. Yeah, it's right into the next one. And shout outs to the cover art. It's fucking amazing. It's the cover art's cool for us. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's Cullen in the foreground looking downward at camera when on the back walls are all the heads of all the Excaliburs as mounted trophies. Including um, Apocalypse, which you know is just bait for people to buy this issue. And if you which want works, to know, cool, but... Yeah, Apocalypse got a big head. So. Yeah, real big head. You know who has the, Yeah, this is the Bloodstone fight. Mm-hmm. And. And then he threats to call the authorities, and then <laughs> and then agrees to sit down. Like it's just I don't know. I didn't like this he whole. He uses his privilege on top yeah. of his privilege, and then says, "How about a side of privilege?" I actually wrote here. I actually wrote like my exact notes are: Bloodstone fight, threatens to call the authorities, and then agrees to sit down and talk. The fuck do you think was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> and then we move straight into number eight, where um. It starts off real like simple with like two um, werewolves. Just well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. About. They start right after the you get the werewolves thing. It's their the fight. Oh, where he's like throwing on Richter and like yeah, yeah he, he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, he fights and then they stop fighting and then he invites them for dinner. <laughs> Which was a nice parallel coming out of Fantastic Four and Doom Dinner on Doom Island, but it wasn't as charming because Colin's kind of like creepy. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't have the same charisma that Doom does. Let's let's be honest. And I love how they're like bartering at the table because essentially he was saying before they found out that he was like a weirdo that you can't use your mutant powers for the hunt. And now that they're all at the table, they're like, okay, so no mutant powers and no parasite stuff. So they already start calling him a parasite, which I laugh at. And he gets a little pissy about like, well, rules are rules. Yes. But I don't like, is he a villain to them now? Like, I don't understand his whole. No, he's he's kind of like, he's kind of just like his own thing. Like the bloodstones are just this rich spoiled like, family that kind of really the only one that has a, like a true connection with this dude or and it's only because of family ties yes yeah, okay that's these... why i wrote that's why i got angry later on because richter comes to like talk to her and she's wearing that hilarious wedding dress the uh, pajamas right yeah the gown yeah um why is she so like uh naive to cullen because like richter's like yo this dude's fucking weird yeah like, i thought i wrote the exact same thing because he he caught he caught him on the phone with uh Akaba, right like that cult or whatever and, and she's just like well that's a wild accusation to make there Richter. i was like Whoa. and then he's like, full on like max on richter so like richter's like well 
this dude kissed me and I already think he's weird. And now I'm trying to tell my, like my teammate, like, Hey man, dude's weird. Like there's a situation. And like, Betsy's so like nonchalant and just brushes it over. Yeah. I don't know what they're trying to do here. It's, I don't, this, but like, this issue's kind of a mess to be honest with you. It is, just, but like it was such a like step down for how they've been writing her. She's been yes. steadily rising to the occasion. Yeah. And like conquering things that seemingly in her old life she took for not for granted, but she took as um, on the level. So when like your like your teammate comes to you like, hey man, this weird parasite's been making out with me, and he's like talking to fucked up people. It's like, no, it's fine. I was like, what yeah. what nineteen eighties horror movie are you walking out of? Yeah, it's yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought that was that was in my notes as well. It was really really dumb. I didn't. This is probably my least favorite issue of Excalibur. All, like all in all. And it's I because just, the characters I, I really, were all over the place. Fair enough. I just really appreciated like all of the character scenes because there's a lot of them when they're like just running or like they're all kind of assembling like their garb. Like it was straight Power Rangers Saturday morning. I want to say that like Excalibur is one of the most colorful um, comics we read. It's it's such a like a minute thing because again yeah. comic books are super colorful. But again, with adventures that go to Outer World and the fact that their teammates are so. Um, steadfast on being individuals while still remaining a team their their costumes reflect that so like that's another level of why i really enjoy excalibur especially no, I, in runs where i know you're, you're you're not wrong with this being a weaker issue i just really want to talk about like how the little details made it a better issue than what it was yeah. and for me like rogue catching a pelt which i hope keeps on like stays with her keeps reminding me like how much of an rpg like walk through this Excalibur series is turning into, which is cool. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say. You already caught me. But yeah, it's <laughs> everything I said was exactly what you're gonna say. <laughs> well, no, I no. You already caught me. I was gonna say I. I was gonna like. I was trying to overcorrect myself. Like I don't hate this. I like this book. Yeah. Because this issue is not. We're we're far past uh, any runs in here that we were hating, and even then, it was really there's one issue of something I read that I really didn't like reading, or yeah. it was early New Mutants, which I couldn't handle. Yeah, that's right. They, you hated it. Yeah, I didn't like those either. But it's funny that they had the whole conversation about not using their powers while they're doing the hunt. This is right. like what Excalibur does is they end up getting all the heads while breaking the rules <laughs> so, once again. So yeah. easily. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> it was like second nature. Like whoosh, it, was, it was literally like you would have seen a cut scene in a movie and if they just would have had everything. It'd be like, yeah, yeah. I, I, enjoy, I, I did enjoy that. That was funny. I loved it. They do end up saving one war, uh, werewolf pup and they give yeah, it to baby. rachel it's rachel suburbs who is now another piece on the board who like we've briefly seen in x-men especially when early issues when scott goes out with cable and rachel yeah she, she hasn't done anything other than we know exists basically on the moon but now we know she's on krakoa too and yes this again as as much breadcrumbs are on the floor i'm surprised like there's not more animals running around like this X-Men run is so littered with things that you can just follow this one thread and be satisfied with where it takes you. They just right. keep doing it with so many different things that you're like, oh my gosh, this is, let's, let's geek out more on our podcast that typically episodes go for longer and longer because we keep geeking out on how much. Well, and, and to the, to the Rachel, know. sorry, to the, to the Rachel point too, is like, like you were saying, we haven't seen her at center stage at all, but it even says at the end of the issue, Follow her in a new job in the pages of X Factor number one. So, which is awesome. So, so when X Factor drops, she'll be a she'll be a main player in there, which is cool. Primetime player. How how much do you think um, Cable is going to get in that run? 
And how much do you think he's going to fuck up that little bit that he's going to get in that run? I don't – is Cable in it? I don't know, because he's got his own book, too. Whatever. He does, but I, like, I just feel like they're just going to keep having that dude pop up more than anybody else. It's just uh. a personal – well, now it's a personal preference because I feel like after Fallen Angels where he did fuck all, fuck he all. kind of fell back. Yeah. I feel like he's such a great character to the world that they're writing. He's kind of one of my dark horses to be uh, at the end. Some don't, someone that was like, well, he was in a lot of things for specific reasons. Right, fair enough. But moving on to, uh, what do you want to do next? New Mutants, right? Seven. Yes. Talking about how originally this was one of my least favorite comic series runs. That's right. Has now steadily pushed itself up to the top of the list. These... Number seven was maybe my favorite issue of this book so far. Uh, did you like this? the Sunspot's fourth wall breaking? It was just like how he caught up everybody yeah. in a way that... It was fun. Uh, yeah, they used him and how you got everyone's personality. It was such a good like yearbook type of episode. Or sorry, issue where you, you literally got the, the play-by-plays and like the best moments of everything. Yeah, yearbook. Yeah, that's, a good way, that's a good way of saying it. <laughs> and uh, Sunspot was the shining star in this one. Yeah, and he talks about how Ileana saved Chamber and Mono from space, and how the leader of the Death Commandos is killed by Deathbird, and they steal their dreadnought and rename it Deathbird. What I appreciate about that is that all that stuff happened in between issues, right. and he just caught us up, like, okay, here we are now. So I actually appreciate that, because it's kind of just... Piggybacking on that, I also yes. appreciate on how he lies about how the story actually unfolded. That's right, yeah. He includes like a lot of Julia Roberts' uh, rom comedies, because it just made more sense. That's right. And, yes. that, and then he names himself Mr. Recap King when talking to other people about yeah. how he's retelling their story. Yeah. Meta Bobby seems to be the best Bobby. And yes. then immediately yes. I saw Sorry Bobby and I laughed even harder. Yeah. So uh, I agree because he's not my favorite, but he's definitely the, the, in this, like, I thought it was wonderful the way he did it. <laughs> it was amazing. And then the way, like, him and Mirage are facing off. And Bobby literally looks to the the audience and starts talking about what do you mean? Like, there's not, there's Bobby's not in all the issues. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he he breaks the fourth wall to talk in third person. I was like, yes, I I appreciate the math that you've added on this. That's he's right. Like, what, yeah. what the fuck? Like he's that's, upset. That's, like it's <laughs> an entire page of just Roberto and and Danny going at it. it was... <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Um, I also enjoyed. Karma and Cypher interrogating that ball of gas. Oh my gosh. Um, what's his name? Doug the Lethal Ball of Gas? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking funny, man. I also uh, really loved how they've been playing Wolvesbane because in both issues, she kind of just pops up and she's like, I'm a dog. Licks yes. She says she's a dog too and then leaves. I was yeah. just like, that's what more do you need? What's going on with her? Yeah, it's. it's... To the, to the point that there was, like, even a little back and forth between, uh, I think, Zandra and Deathbird and, like, a third, maybe it was, like, um, Smasher or somebody else. But, like, Wolvesbane licks her, and they want to know if there's more to that lick or not. Oh, like, that's right, yeah. Yeah, it was just, like, one of the lasting scenes. I was like, I love that that's a little breadcrumb that they gave us off Wolfbane from this comic run. Because, again, they're just talking to a giant ball of gas but her first uh, um her first instincts is to lick it yeah that's, yeah <laughs> she's she's gone like full like animal because yeah it's, it is Zandra that she licks at the ending well she she, had, she calls herself a wolf first right she says yes. i'm a wolf 
And uh, I love that Doug is going to uh, Sega by way of the Death Commandos, but not going to work He's out that so, way. Yeah. It was so funny. He's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gas. What are you going to do to me? Not much, I'm guessing. <laughs> and like Karma's really going at it. Like she's really getting like, oh, like pissy about how, yeah. how this exchange isn't working out for her. She's yeah, like, it's, it's what's fucking... the line? It's like, uh, it's not just a containment vessel you're stuck in, is it? Is it, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just so mad. Totally grilling her. Uh, it's amazing. So they do Doug's this. Doug's the ball of gas, so we should, we should, uh, Incorporate him into some sort of movie pitch or something. Down the line. Oh, you need you need Doug the bottle of gas and something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like fart from uh, Rick and Morty. So if you're looking for a crossover episode or idea of what we're talking about. It's literally mm. just a suit that held a bottle of gas, and the bottle of gas is fucking sarcastic and hilarious. So if there's anything I want more, Doug lethal ball of gas, if not his own solo run. Because I, I could read six issues of Doug the lethal ball of gas on his way back Dang. to Sega. He's so sassy. I mean, <laughs> like itself. And so when they when they do return to um, to Gladiator and them, the first thing Deathbird does is throw a spear at Oracle. Ooh, um, yeah, <laughs> I know. Found... Like they waste no time just like kicking up the fight again. Yeah. And I love that just like Deathbird's just rolling with them too. Like Deathbird's like this is my click, and I guess uh, like Sunspot Sunspot's my man. At least like he's my interest. Yeah, he's going to get some because she throws the spear and Guardian catches it in front of Oracle and then he chucks it back at her and Sunspot catches it before it hits her. Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, so, what did I say? Guardian. Guardian, my bad. I'm thinking Canadians. Thank you. Gladiator I know, we were, talking about, we were talking about it earlier, that's why. Yeah, Gladiator catches it and throws it back. I don't care, like, this guy's the worst. I hate Gladiator. I know, awesome you do. I know you do. <laughs> the worst. And he's got some cool panels where, like, they actually get, like, a close-up on his face and you saw the rage and everything, like... Again, with New Mutants, it's drawn completely different, but I feel like they paint it with watercolors, and that completely—it's yeah, a whole different tone. Yes, and now they're right. finally catching up because there's like four panels of obviously the spear going um, right at Lady Deathbird, and then you see Sunspot full fucking power set in, right? Because he's just like a void of yep. just heat, and he catches it. So like, I love how it looks because he's all negative space, and they use a lot of negative space. As he's trying to like talk to his girl and peep game, just like, yeah, why he, did you break my favorite spear? Yeah, I was gonna say he got a little too excited and snaps it over his knee, realizing that it's actually her spear. <laughs> he's like, and then the next panels are just fucking just beautiful artworks, right? Like, you, yes. I can see these blown up and put on a wall because it's essentially just whatever you call gladiators. I don't know if these guys are still the Death Commandos, but whatever his clique is, the, the Royal Guard. Yeah, Royal Guard, yeah. Are facing off against all the new mutants and like now we're at a point where we've been with the new mutants for seven issues more or less but like they got out all of for me all of their insecurities okay. Yeah, okay. and now they just look confident because even in the battle like they're all fully using their power sets like they've turned them on yeah and i just love how the next like three pages is just showing like these freeze frames of all the major players like there's this great one of lady deathbird and gladiator and sunspot in the foreground and then the next one right af after that is magic with her sword just like not giving a fuck so i loved how that kind of unfolded for this specific issue uh speaking of rpgs they end up turning that fight of the i know you're talking about Excalibur being an rpg but the 
Yeah, this was the awesome. Fighters in these two, that that off page. The the New Mutants and the insert thing. the insert you're talking about. Yeah, they turn into like a with dice rolls and everything. And and then it, I love how it ends too. Right, we we won't spoil that, but that we won't spoil it. But I love just how the exclamation pointed the last thing that you're supposed to say. Yes, that's right. That made me laugh. Yeah. Um, and then the, like this issue is kind of funny because it ties up a bow. Like, yes. it's like this is the end of the first half of the New Moon's arc. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, this is the ending of the, the space chapter. So far, right? We don't know if they're going back. We don't know. But right, we don't right. know everyone is back down. Sorry, I should, I, should have said, I should have said this space chapter. Fair enough. They go to Sam and Izzy's place, which is super swanky. But again, I wasn't expecting to see like this level of just casual partying after everything New Moon's have been through. It's kind of cool. That's, that's the nice thing about this book is that it's much lighter than the other ones. Yes. The tone is, so it's the kind of a nice, because when you, if you read like X-Men and then X-Force and then even Marauders now, it's like, cool, this is heavy, this is heavy, this is heavy. And then New, New Mutants, like, okay, well, this is, this, is nice, this is a nice break. I like reading this one in the middle of others because it kind yeah. of breaks up the uh, intensity. <laughs> and again, this party just made me think more of like, it seemed like a graduation party. They, they get to party with all their teachers and yeah. now a mission is successful. Like everyone knows they got a little more street cred. So I really and, like how, how like simple, a simple just like hanging out with her. And then again, you get funny stuff with Sunspot Bobby just talking shit about like, I've never been in love, but I, I love you. At least I love you too, big guy. Yeah, they need, they need, they're, they need to fuck already. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, there's no, there's no shame. Just get there, was, there was also heat between uh, two other uh, male leads and a couple other issues that we'll get to as well. So there's, again, like I said, this daylight, wait, it's not daylight. What's this one? Morning. morning this run this of morning comics effects. have yeah. all been fucking enjoyable for so many different reasons but the through line the things that keep connecting everything like having a conversation between cyclops and gladiator yeah should it make sense but it's fucking amazing it does and the main takeaway here uh about all this is that there is a cone gate on chandelure now which is awesome which is kind of cool so that's that's kind of the big takeaway that they can get there Instantly. Easily now, they don't. Yeah, instantly, they don't have to fly through space. So they got the moon, um, chandelier, a, a couple of like space stations, orchid space stations, and Mars. That's right. They're like, good lord. Yeah, and then so the next issue, uh, number eight, jumps back to the New Mutants team. On the Nevada branch. The Nevada branch. Maximum Manon meeting with Shaw. Yeah, I, I don't really remember Magma too much in the Nebraska Beak uh, Angel storyline. Magma wasn't there, I don't think. So I'm super happy that she gets kind of the focus in this yeah. one. Yeah. With Armor and uh, Boom Boom. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty straightforward. They go back to Nova Rome uh, to meet uh, with her father, who's obviously needs their help for something. Um, and then we get introduced to uh, Teenager Mutant Dank. The blue dude, yeah, getting getting chased. Yeah, the blue dude getting chased in the rainforest by that that monster. He's got the intergalactic lock, so I was like, well, you know, that represent. <laughs> and it's just another, again, another crazy beast that could belong in Excalibur, could belong in like how yeah. many other different titles going on here. Um, but that's threatening now the people and their safety. That's right. So sorry, just sorry, just reading my note there. But yeah, like you were saying, they show up in Nova Roma to fight the monsters that because those monsters are actually waiting for mutants to try and pass through the gate. So every time 
mutants go through the gate, like try and go through the gates. The the ones because Brazil's a, a bit of a hot spot, right? They're trying to get out the some of the mutants to get to Krakoa, and every time they try and get to the gate, they're attacked by those four legged creatures, hell beasts. Yeah, and I, you you got to think Boom Boom's pretty hot in a uh, trench coat in the Amazon, but I mean she's so she's style. Style to it. Yeah. What I did love really about this issue was it was really about uh, Magma telling Boom Boom because Boom Boom's basically like done. She's like, mission over. Like, we can go now. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to check out. <laughs> just fucking relax. But it seems like Magma is like, I see something here between us and like a new form, a new unit is forming within kind of new mutants. Because yes. they're, they're different than obviously the space cast and they haven't clicked in for that long. But the fact that as Magma saying this to Boom Boom and Boom Boom starts to think it over, like Armor goes into this whole militant like hunt shit about like, yo, like at this point now, if we don't do anything, like we're just as bad as the ones that have been fucking hunting mutants for so long, right? So like she flipped the switch to like her call to action of like, this is a unit that needs to happen. Like if this is squad, this is squad. Yeah. So and this, I, this, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I, I like, I love this lineup. Like the combinations oh, yeah. that we're gonna be getting with these three as it already goes into um, a little bit uh, when they start fighting one of those giant hell beasts, right? Yeah, they, well, this this trio, just even just this trio, Magma, Armor, and Boom Boom, that's a powerhouse of a trio. Correct. They can do some serious damage, and Armor does when she rips that thing from its jaw. <laughs> well, like, without even trying, right? Like, because they, they kind of, like, play around with it. Like, Armor does a little move, and then the, the dog jumps to Magma, who goes full kind of uh, lava, it doesn't work. Boom, boom, sends a couple little shots. But when armor is ready to end it, it's over. Yeah, she rips him apart from his jaws. Like, damn. Okay. So, yeah. And then uh, boom, boom, throws one down the throat and it explodes from internal. Yeah, tick, tick, tick. Boom. Love that. Um, so, it's great to see that these three are together. I hope this is the new kind of B side to the A side, if A side is the space uh, guys. Space guys. Um, this trio seems like they can get to a lot of fun places and especially how they want to kind of connect on the fact that we can't be the hunted anymore. We get to be the hunters. I think it'd be a very good dynamic, but the issue, the issue ends in an even better way. Yeah. There's the whole Sebastian Shaw arc that's in this too. So we get the Marauders crossover kind of, kind of, he, he, he just the Bohem cartel in Costa Perdita and in Costa Perdita. And he, he's, he more or less just tells them that he's fucking them over by selling to their competitors. Yeah, he's like, you want to make a deal with me? And they're like, nah. He's like, all right, I'm going to make a deal with your competitors. They're like, yeah. what? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so he's linking up with the Corasco cartel. And yeah. you know, now he's another villain in another title. Shaw's uh, expanding his, I, I don't want to say universe, but I guess galaxy. He's making some moves. Yeah, he's making moves. So he's not and, content being... And we haven't even talked about the real moves that he's been making yet, so... That's right, yeah. And uh, it closes with some lady who creates the mutant monsters. Yeah. Over the dead bodies, calling them her babies. I, I didn't know what to make of that, but I'm no assuming idea. there's going to be something about that soon. <laughs> yeah, and she's got a whole lot of other monsters with her, so she's got another another uh, another bad guy for the... Wait a minute. Okay, it's not, I thought it was the same lady that... Do you remember, like, the first episode... Episodes, first issues of X-Men where Scott... Rachel and Cable go to like the old level of Krakoa, but then there's that lady that controls and like Cable tries to blow her up. 
No, I, I don't remember. No, I, I don't remember. That lady was all white. Like she has monsters too. There's like four people here. Like oh, the- that one. Yes. No, that was no. That was the grand. That was the that was Apocalypse's grandkid, right? Okay, fair enough. Something like that. It was one. But of again, his, yeah, there's that, yeah. there's so many like isolated figures that just have rogue galleries of monsters that are just rolling with them. That yes. just seemingly pop up. Like I I wish we did the tally. Like Stat Boy, where you at? Of how many villains we keep they keep introducing and we have to keep tabs on. Yeah. Not to mention how the fact that like a lot of them are seemingly villains the yeah. way that they're acting. Yeah, they're not they're not even that horde culture thing, those old ladies with the <laughs> I can't wait uh, to see them again. Oh my god, I know you can't. They're funny. Uh, moving on to another piece on the board, Marauders. Marauders number, number seven. We get uh the reappearance of Callisto. Yes. If you don't know, is the leader of the I was gonna say Moors, <laughs> the Moors. No, the yeah, yeah, the Morlocks. Yeah, I remember what it was. And uh, again, one of my favorite episodes watching the '90s cartoons is when Storm goes down to challenge Callisto, whoops her ass, and then becomes queen of the Morlocks. That's She's right. Like, I run shit. So it was even nicer. I'm I'm cutting ahead, but there's no, a moment. Go ahead. Well, there's a moment when Callisto bumps into Storm again. Yeah. And they have this nice little trade-off of like they remember that there was a moment that there were a bit adversaries, but they they've grown since as like good friends. Yeah. Um, but if you want to start the the story on par, Emma invites Callisto to Hellfire Bayer to Hellfire Bay. <laughs> yeah, the White Palace. Yeah. To ask if she wants to take up a third seat in her cabinet, right? As the White Knight. Correct. Previously, she's already assigned Kate as the Red Queen and her brother Christian as the White Bishop. That's right. So that's how her she wants the, the, the knight. And Callisto, she agrees, but it's like a trial run. She yeah, she, she, she understands, again, the history between Emma and herself. And there's even a, a line of dialogue talking about, like, of all the times like I've, I've, I've ever asked you kind of for things, like, now you want my help? So I'll say yes, but, like, Let's do this as trial membership. Like, let me feel you out to see if this is actually going to work out for me. That's right. Um, and as she's doing this, she's obviously cutting up a coat that was made for her to be <laughs> the white knight. That's right. And yeah. And she tries. Yeah. She removes the sleeves. <laughs> and the, the, the designer is just going like gaga. Like, he's got this little fan and like, he's just waving. He's like, oh my gosh, you made it better. <laughs> yeah. She just drops it up and makes it very Morlocky. Yeah. She, she cuts the sleeves off. It's not, she. She turned it into a mummy, right? So everyone's yeah. uh, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, Bishop Storm, Iceman, and Pyro, and Christian with the, with the sub roll up, and they're greeted by Callisto and learn that Kate hasn't yet shown up. Yeah, it's, so it's been a while then. Yeah. Like we, we went through f- five issues already? Yeah. Um, she's, and it, yeah, she's, it's, yeah it's, that's right. Five, yeah. yeah, well, it's a pressing issue, right? Like, she's the leader. So the fact that no one's heard from her is becoming more and more of a problem for obviously the ones that care about her the most. Uh, I did like when you were talking about when um, when Callisto and Storm link up in this for the first time. Right. They, to, to say hi, they whip knives at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then Pyro's like, the fuck? Yeah, it's like, this <laughs> it's hard to imagine that, was, that was funny. I love that uh, it's Puck, I mean, it's Pyro the one to like question shit as he sits with the giant face tattoo. That's right. He's got the face tattoo again. Did we? You guys are weird. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys are weird. Yeah, he's got the tattoo. What a bunch of weirdos! Face. Like, uh, I, I need more pyro, uh, like 
pointing pointing fun at things because I just want to see a big like black skull on his face. And I don't know if we I don't know if we mentioned this in the past episodes of Marauders, but uh, it seems just to just for context, it seems that um, Christian and Iceman are an item now. Yeah, we mentioned that we mentioned that last time, did we? Or I don't remember. Clearly, you want to make the announcement by all means. No, I don't mean. I don't mean no. Just just for because moving forward, we're <laughs> together any, now, guys. You no, know, if there's any, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure a more kind of prevalent storyline may pop up, especially if there's... That's kind of just... That's, I was just yeah, I was just yeah, setting yeah. the foundation for something like that, just in case something... Because if, if Frost is in the middle, then eventually she's going to have to choose between Iceman and Christian or some something along those lines, or if kind of uh, Sebastian comes through and makes kind of a, a play. The, here's the crazy thing about Marauders. As much as it's like pirates plundering and hopefully more pride, um, all of like the bureaucracy or like the front office shit is so fucking like detailed because yeah. it's all about like both of these guys just want seats and powers for the seats and then those in the seats can like make the rules and the laws so like I, i've been seeing like more political from marauders which doesn't make sense to where you would expect to see the political kind of landscape uh, i kind of I, I like it yeah it works there's, a, there's another level of espionage because yes exactly you send, your, you send your marauders out to go do your dirty work and then you find out what they're actually doing the dirty work for so the fact that like now Sebastian Shaw in like three issues or he made himself a major player like real fast is really yeah like he's he's someone you have to now worry about and with this run it's like there's villains of today yesterday tomorrow like he's someone that's like right now I have to focus on this motherfucker yeah they gotta yeah I was just gonna say usually those are the ones that like are the worst because you don't even have time to plan. Like you're in that shit, so you're adapting, and then you're trying to dig yourself out. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They got They're gonna have to deal with him. Like they're they're gonna have to wisen up to his shit quick because <laughs> he's about to bury some of them. He already has buried one. Yeah, right, so. like Kate's dead. <laughs> we, I don't know if we like, stressed it, but based on her last book and everything that goes on in these next two books, dead. And don't forget either. There's a reminder here that the the Verendi or the Hellfire kids mm-hmm. uh, are spying on the Marauders with that yellow jacket that's still in the, the that live feed. Correct. It's right. also been inside time to remind, people, to remind people that Kate hasn't gone through the gateway. So we've always been looking at her as a very different mutant. So we don't even know if she can actually come back. That's right. Or be revived. Like, right. Or be revived because we don't know her in, influence with Krakoa. Um, yeah, I can't. I really. That's the biggest mystery for me in this in all the books. I really want to know why she. That's why Marauders were so good because I, th- I initially just assumed that they were going to bring her back in the next couple of issues. Here, here to now like realize, oh wait, like Kate's different, right? Like, and they're playing it completely different. Like right. the news of her death, like takes some time to get passed around. Too, that's right. right. Like, so, um, like bishops in uh, Madripoor. And That's right. He, he goes through the gate. Yeah, he goes through the Mandalore yeah, gate. Trying to look for just, it. Just enough uh, goons left and right. Um, but he gets in behind enemy enemy lines. He fucks some dudes up. <laughs> yeah, he fucks some dudes. Up. We're in uh, <laughs> we're in eight now, right? Yeah. Uh, no, still seven. Uh, still seven. Where he gets the card? Okay, yeah. So he he gets the intel to find out um, where Kate's last known uh, was last seen. 
and heads that way. Right. Then they cut back to Callisto, who gets to talk with, I thought it was um, Leech for a second, and I was like, no, nah, it can't be Leech. An- another um, Morlock, and who's playing golf and just enjoying what Kokoa has to be. Yeah. And basically the conversation is just now, like, Callisto's happy to get a bite, and she wants to take the biggest bite, so she wants the support from Morlocks. Because she wants to see how far this frost connection can really go. That's right. Yeah, she's uh, exactly. Yeah, she's prepping herself too for for the future, right? Well, and power, right? It's her first yeah. time where she's not playing underground character. Like the whole joke about Morlocks is they should all have chips on their shoulders because not only were they mutants, but they were treated as like mutants, like the disfigured ones. Like not all of them can look like Scott and Emma, right? So these guys, now that they have a little, well, Kalista more, more importantly, now that she has a little taste of power, and for me, the way I see it as, like, a taste of the sunlight, she doesn't have to be underground, this could go to her head faster, but she's kind of like a domino in animistique. Like, she's a, Emma knows she hired her for her blade, and she already makes a little, like, quip of, like, you may have to get dirty real fast, too, so. Well, also, too, like, you, you, she, it's a strategic move by Emma, too, because she's got you get the leader of the Morlocks on you. Now you have that entire the Morlocks as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. a, it's a strategy. Plus, like you said, she's not afraid to get dirty too. You know, she hired her for the blade and for her influence. So and if it, she can again, get her in the fold, then that's, that's a good, that's good, a for good you. backing. Yeah. And again, this, this goes back to the whole uh, po- politics of it, right? Like this isn't, this is all just strategy that this comic gets to talk about. Yeah. And you, it, me personally, I wasn't going to think that Marauders was really going to give me this, foundation and understanding of where they're trying to put their allegiance where they're trying to get their seats who they want to ride with them like all of this stuff is amazing especially for the character of emma frost too right like this is someone that i can't honestly say i know that much about i always know that she's been a main player but i've always liked her as opposition so for her to be on kind of the same side as x-men or at least just to be smart enough to know that she's her own x-men and has her own team has been fucking a great read this far okay. too. Yeah. Um, uh, so we we okay. end this issue awesomely by going back to the Quiet Council. Right? Quiet Council, yeah, and they have their first deadlock of a vote because Kate's missing, so her vote doesn't count. And we don't know what the vote's about, but Kate's missing, and um, what's one with name? Sinister, sinister has <laughs> abstention. Yeah, of course he's the one who kind of like. I love the face that they use for him too, right? Like. Eh. Yeah, whatever, right? He's, he's such a prick. Like, I love it. And he's grown his hair out. He's got this badass beard. Like he, yeah. it's like he joined the band, and like he didn't want to come to this meeting, but they're like, "You have to show up." And he's like, "You know what? I'm not even gonna vote." <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not voting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's like, and he's amazing. So like, who doesn't fucking love Sinister in this entire run? And we still don't know what he's doing. But is this the issue where they gave us back fucking the Sinister Gems? No, it's next one. Next. That's one. the next one. Okay, so like yeah. that comes back. But I just want to talk about how the great power dynamic between Sebastian and Emma and the way their back and forth went as if they have always been rivals and formidable foes, that this is just nothing. This is just like they, they both really don't react, even though they're both saying exactly what's going on. Yes. Yes. It's, it's funny because amazing. Because he's like, oh, it's too bad the Red Queen's not here. And she's like, oh, don't worry. She let me know she'd be detained. She'd be he's detained. like, oh, okay, well then, you know, may the, you know, may the... <laughs> they both already know the other one's lying. Yeah. Right? And the other one knows more than they're letting on. Right? It's, I love it. I love it. Yeah. 
And then the fun little re- reveal that uh, Lockett is still alive. Lockheed, yeah, that's right. And a, fisher- a fisherman family found him. So They find Lockheed, so. Good on him. That's awesome. Also, the, the, the Morlock that's playing golf with Kalisto is Mask. Thank you. Not, uh, not Leech. I was like, what is this? We will never see him again unless he comes back as a clone person. Yeah. Uh, but it's. <laughs> and then moving on to mid number eight. Which again, shout outs to the, the cover. It's a storm with an electric drop and Emma in all diamond. I just really liked how that looked. This is one of those false advertisement covers. Yeah, n- none of that happens. But none again, happens, yeah. I, was glad, ju- I was used and ready for that comic book cover. I was like, all right. I, was, I always do love. I always do love Storm on the covers. She makes she she leads to some awesome covers. And I've been loving a lot of Emma Frost. Again, their meaning for this uh, issue was really something I wasn't expecting, and fucking kind of awesome too, right? Like it could have got played like the way we thought the cover was gonna go, and it yeah. didn't. No, it didn't. It, it's it was with Emma and Christian touring kids on Mars, where they grow some of their flora. So they kind of show them how the the flora you could call are made yeah yeah exactly and how humans are called flat scans <laughs> which i thought was <laughs> pretty funny shots fired now in the previous issue we were talking about bishop fucking up those guys and he ends up he finds the card that we we're talking about with the ship name on it right. so he disguises himself to, as a worker to, and is now on the ship to board that ship and he actually finds kate well Finds Kate's body. Sorry, finds Kate's body floating Kate. in the water. Kate's dead. Uh, he takes a sample from the rope that she was she was tied with, and Emma, Christian, and Bobby come to pick up the body that uh, Lorente was going to take samples from. Yeah, I love how like that so, kind of um, scene unfolds because it's Bishop eventually just first of all like he reaches out psychically and doesn't connect to anybody, so he's super surprised that Emma kind of picked him up being yes. unmarked. And she, he's basically just saying, like, stay with me. Like, I'm going to, like, I'm behind enemy lines. I'm going to need help real soon. Um, he finds Emma. And, like, she's like, don't even mentally, tell me. Tell yeah, me. mentally, yeah. And uh, he's already, like, kill is confirmed, right? Like, he's so militant that he just keeps going through the motions. What I thought... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, when he says, I need backup, and then Emma goes for Iceman, everything from Iceman's intro was fucking amazing. I loved how... Well, but, but even before that, just... Um... When she, when she, they do have the psychic conversation, right? And Emma, Emma has an alone moment, and she just drops, and she's like, "To me, my marauders." I was like, "Okay, this." I yeah. thought, that, I thought that, I thought that one panel was so sick because, to me, my X Men, right? So to me, my yeah. so she's fully, fully involved in this, and well, she's see, the professor for that. Yeah, exactly, and you can see how much Kate, well, anybody really means to her, and I thought that was a really cool panel. You, but you have to stress Kate because we've read comic issues where they have heart-to-hearts and they just talk yes. about them. if no. even they've had throwaway lines talking about their costumes which we figured out was jokes about how their earlier costumes sucked and then they've had lines talking about like i'll break your nose and it's like i'll break your nose like they're both like they felt out each other and then grown to respect and then grown to like love and truly care about each other so again for marauders like losing kate last book didn't hit as hard as this book because i was like yo they actually killed her i don't know what that means now right so right and like you were saying about Iceman, he's got this fucking he comes in he comes in Iceman god levels and i swear he looked more like mr freeze with the amount of ways he was just like i'm fucking freezing all you motherfuckers right like i love that yeah 
it wasn't the X-Men playbook of like, oh, if he slips and falls, we can uh, apprehend him until the cops come. This was like, I'm fucking all of you guys up in the coldest winter ever. I'm, yeah. I'm, I got to use that for the, I'm using this, this picture the where he breaks in through the, through the ship. And it's just like, yeah, man. I was like, whoa, <laughs> he I just mean, pissed uh, off at Omega level. You cooked. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be happy with, uh, if I was him of how they drawn him, um, anatomically incorrect, but you know, he, oh. still, <laughs> he still looks icy and powerful. Yeah. And again, he, he literally just starts freezing dudes left and right. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he just comes and in. Like, snapping arms off and limbs. And he's he's fucking, like, visibly hurt. Like, for the rest of this issue, you kind of see how the rest of the Marauders deal with the news that they lost their leader. Yeah. And Storm gets a few words in on... on that was a cool scene, too. Storm and, and Emma. Yeah, they're... This, they're this, this, this issue is, like, all about, like, reflection and... And understanding what the team is and what the team yeah. looks like, right? Because Storm comes in fucking hot as fuck right like uh well hot as an angry i mean she's drawn great but that's not what i meant um yeah <laughs> I, I knew what you meant but <laughs> she's just furious and she goes from slapping um emma to like hugging her and yeah. like you get this nice dynamic where like storm has to unburden herself and then like she keeps calling everyone goddess and then emma helps re- like refill her with like hope and what tomorrow can bring so like, there's a nice, there's this nice trade-off of it starts off, I blame you, Emma, for what you let happen to Kate, and then it ends with like, Kate got to make her own decisions, and we will make decisions to best help the team. That's right. So uh, I, again, I I love that scene. Like we didn't we didn't get the cover intro, art of like Thunderbolts, but they have this nice moment where they're just hugging and like things are kind of exploding behind them, and they're they're just being honest with each other. And, what it, what it means for each other to be in each other's life. It's a lot of each other in there, but I think I got it across. And we, we cut to, <laughs> sorry, cut to, cut to Shinobi and Sebastian. You're like, you just fall asleep on the other end of the line. No, I was, I was reading my notes to follow along to make sure I was at the same part you were. Uh, yeah. Cut, cut to Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian, they introduce the Fenries as they're black bishops. Yeah. I I don't know much about these guys. I saw Shinobi. Um, Shinobi seems to be pissed about something. But he's got cool hair. Well, they're um they're more or less their brother sister. Um, I think they were part of the Thunderbolts too. But basically, they've both been um well he's been swordsman and she's been songbird. I don't know if you okay. recognize nice. that name. There's they're Von Strucker's kids, right? So <laughs> they're not nice people. Yeah, but it's, deep, it's I don't know. Is that cheating having two bishops instead of one? Um, I, if it is, this would be the guy to do it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like, fuck fair it. enough. Like fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, the the chips are stacked against them, anyways, right? I mean, as sad as this book was, because it was again, it was like you you feel missing. You feel what it is without Kate. Kate is such a like influence to these books. Yeah, like she's she the like my whole leader, and just be like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna do it anyway. And then when, even when she doesn't get what she's doing, like if she can handle it, she ends up just doing this new power set shit that just makes you go, Oh shit, she can do this. So to not have her in this issue, like, was felt, which is just to the strength to the writing. Like, I'm so invested in Kate that to not have her in the book and like to where we are right now, she's dead, right? Like that's yeah. that's huge ramifications. 
But Lockheed's alive, so I don't know. Maybe Woo! <laughs> he's got fire within him. Maybe there's yeah. Maybe there's something. I don't know. You hope there's a connection there. But the the real crazy thing was the red diamonds. Yeah, the sinister secrets. We haven't they're, had them in a while. They're back, so I don't yeah. I, I don't know how deep you went into those. 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20, right? 20? Yeah. I read them, but I, I can't tell you I know where he's going with it. Yeah. Well, no, sorry. 16 to 19, and then one that's revealed, right? But yeah, I don't know. The, the way Any, I was looking at them, what's number six? 16. Let's, yeah, well, 16. Shade, 16 reads Shade for one. I respect the power move, but come on. If I can make a meeting, anyone can. Come on, Kay. So I don't, I, I'm assuming it's just talking about. Kate missing a meeting? Yeah, and making a power move. So she was, you know... Yeah, not saying anything. She's... she's Drowning? (laughs) Well, you know, she's supposed to be a a seat at the table, and she didn't show up. But it's it's interesting because Marauders is where these Sinister Secrets come from, right? So how involved is Sinister in Kate's whole predicament and status and situation, right? We don't... Is that a question, or is that, like... Fingers deep in it. That's just me. Yeah, that's just. I'm wondering how involved he is, and just just, just the connection between Sinister Secrets. I want to and the Marauders that, books. I want to think other than Apocalypse, who is trying to outwardly, Mister Sinister is the most connected to all the other titles. Yeah, for, exactly. In, so. in ways we have no idea, which is amazing. But and I'm still like half dead set that he's one of the villains to like cause like maybe mutant zombies, like anything genetic. One of the genetic mutants, I think, could be a follow from something sinister has done yeah. or is doing. Um, number 17, secret, secret, Sinister Secret number 17. Waitlisted by Jumbo? A few of my thirsty patrons quenching thirsts have been quizzical about a certain quirky cue that can't quite catch his quarry. We hear his blaming his wardrobe. It does make the man. Perhaps it's time for a fabulous cape. <laughs> I'm assuming he's talking about Quentin Quire. Maybe. Uh, maybe he's trying to impress somebody. I just really wanted you to say the it's the plunder that, that gets it. It's the plunder. Actually, I did that one pretty good, didn't I? <laughs> you did. That's why I was like, yeah. You know why? Because there was no plunder in it. Well, you know. That's why. But I don't know. It's it's. I don't know. Maybe it's somebody. I don't know. Maybe something to do with the Quentin Choir. And he sounds like he's trying to impress somebody. I don't know. I have no idea. Kind of. Weird. <laughs> this is some some real well, hot the, take we got. <laughs> that's that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe. I, that's all I can get from that because that one's Fair enough. weird. The, 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 these ones are more vague than the first run of them were. The first run of them sounded, you know, anyways. We should go back to those at some point because yeah, we sure. now have so much more information now being. I, I, I never remember to know to say like half with a quarter mark. Like, I don't know where we are in the whole process, but we're deeper in. We have a lot more information. Than we, we do, yeah. Uh, Sinister Secret number 18. I thought maybe this was a play. Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't know what I was reading. Make more <laughs> mutants, they said. Now, be honest. Who did you have crossing the finish line first? Probably a pretty redhead or a blonde? Well, nobody got this one right. Congrats to former wild child Stinger. Good luck with that baby bump. If the kid turns out to be interesting, bring him by Krakoa. Mm. What did you, did you think? Did you have any... So redhead and blonde, we're assuming it's Jean Grey and Emma. Yeah. So that make me think telepaths. Wild Child Stinger, I read as Singer, so I thought it was Dazzler, and then I read Stinger, and I was like, what well, can't be Dazzler now? Yeah, no, Stinger is a, it's a direct reference to uh, Wendy Sherman. Cool. So she, 
<laughs> <laughs> Which goes back, I looked that up, debuts as part of Apocalypse's um, Alliance of Evil back in the 80s X Factor. He had an AOE? Look at him. Yeah, so, so uh, I don't know, maybe it's a hint to somebody who's going to be playing a role in Marauders or X Factor coming up. Do we know anyone that's currently pregnant in the no. X-Men universe? No. And any uh, telepaths? Because I would assume it would be a telepath. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, well, because the, the reference to Blonde and Reddit. I don't know. Maybe they're... I don't know. Well, but, former Wild Child Stinger? I mean, I can make the case for Psylocke. Maybe. If I'm saying it's a... It's got to be a telepath. She's kind of a wild child, wild card based on her upbringing. And the Stinger would be the mental daggers that she uses? Well, I don't know. Like I said, there's someone named Stinger, and this Stinger in this riddle is capitalized. I solved it. <laughs> there you go. So you know what you're talking about. Uh, I do. Sin- that, that's kind of the super fun with all these Sinister Secrets. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's just regular. Sinister Secret 19, mirror, mirror on the wall, who are the grossest humans of them all? Oh, sorry, grossest mutants of them all. No, not the Morlocks. Don't punch down, muties. Well, it's not for me to say, but keep your eyes on a swivel and you may spot them when you think you're seeing double. So that's the Fenris. Okay. Nice. Right? The, 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 um, the, the two bishops. I thought, I thought it was going to be Blob. Blob? I, I was trying to think of a funnier uh, mutant name to say, but I couldn't think of it. <laughs> But yeah, the 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 one. Right? <laughs> now so, you laugh. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, okay. Just <laughs> Where's my joke? Um, but yeah, no, that's that's the the Von Strucker kids. So it's revealed in this whole thing. There is a sinister secret revealed, which I think is number three. Which, ugh, of course, it's Fenris. Gross. You can't spell Von Strucker without the suck. If only we knew anyone on the Quiet Council to suggest growing a new Krakoa and leaving them on it. So he's not a fun. He's not a fan of them. Also, if these are sinister secrets directly from him, which they are, like you were saying, he's got a finger or a, a hand in, in everything. <laughs> Say the finger comment. <laughs> he's got a finger in everything. He's got a finger in every orifice. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that, but you know, just go for it. He's got a finger in every hole. When we talk about uh, X Men, there's I have some hot takes there that kind of you're right like, link up with uh, fingers and holes. Anyway, and you're saying you're not you wouldn't be surprised if he's like the main like a big villain. It's true because all these secrets he knows everything. That's going on. Like he could be the reason that everything works out in the end, right? Yeah, he knows he's going. He knows he's exactly. such, he, he's such a Deadpool, but like with a cause. Yes. Um, and the fact that they keep making him charming because like he either doesn't care, so he, they write him hilarious, or he cares just enough for you like to give you the real advice. Yeah. Case in point where um, back in Fallen Angel, um, Psylocke's asking to leave the island. He's like, just go ask your dad and point yeah. some maps, right? Like that's, yeah, just go, just go I, I want as much of that from Sinister as possible on top of like him creating like a new, a new cable. There's got to be some sort of... He's obsessed with the Summer, so I'm surprised he's not in an orgy with those guys. At, at any he's point. obsessed with them, you're right. Uh, uh, moving on to X-Force, number seven. That's what you want to do, right? X-Force, number seven? Yes, so I just, again, I just want to say... Left. X-Force and X-Men, both number sevens. You want to do X-Force first? I do want to do X-Force first. I just right. want to before we jump off of Marauders, Marauders is still my favorite run. Um, issue eight just solidified how important I feel Kate is to their series and to now the landscape of X-Men. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy that fucking I got to like see her on this side. Because again, we've always been fans of kind of all the main players. And just previously, if you haven't checked out our Rogue versus Psylocke, we even had a deeper level of how much we appreciate those characters who we're now getting to reach, read about in separate um, series during Hawkspot Docs. So Kate, again, another shining light of a character that I probably wouldn't have given uh, a second look to if they hadn't given her the justice that she deserved. In fact, that's our episode 41, by the way. Where Rogue wins. Rogue wins. Oh, we, we leave it open, but yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, X Force, X Force number seven. Headshot, headshot, headshot. Toronto, headshot. That's all my notes as well. <laughs> that's that's it for me. Against against. I know blood. a business a businessman uh, mutant ally who invested heavily into X Corps is sniped in Italy. Like I said, Toronto has a prominent pro mutant journalist killed. Also, side Norris fuck pineapples on pizza. Uh, oh, okay. To- now we can talk about it. To- Tokyo approach treaty politician is shot through the bottom of his car. Go ahead. Let's talk about it because we're in Toronto. They give a nice shout out. Obviously, I stopped reading to be like, hey, Toronto. Yeah. Uh, the way they kill this dude is they shoot a bullet through the pizza guy, through the pizza right. to get him. Amazing death. It looks amazing on the panel. The amazing pizza that they, the man has ordered is pineapple and bacon now solidifying that pineapple belongs on a pizza no it doesn't i just want to put that yeah, on the x-men doesn't x-men doesn't have that power um if also there's, also if there's, that's the pizza that got him fucking killed so you want to eat that shit go right ahead any a comic book that talks about the characters loving pizza it's Your x-men turtles. So I think I think there's a hot take. Shut up. Shut up. It's a hot take. If it's there's turtles, any, change my mind. If, if there's any comic book characters that love pizza and their pizza's ongoings, it's the X Men. So right. pineapple He's got a point. and bacon play. I love pineapple. Don't like my pizza. Anyways. You've been served. I do love here that uh the great scene between Logan and Scott who are just kind of like old, grumpy old men sitting in their Barker lounges, like just talking about shit that's going on. That's right. Wait, am I reading the wrong one? I'm in yep. X-Men. Let me go to X-Force. That's why you write notes. No, I just like, I, I have notes, but I like looking at the pictures while I write my notes. Oh, I hate that. It slows me down. Well, you're already slow. We're still on track. Boom, headshot. Boom, headshot. Uh, headshot, yeah. A little bit, boom, another headshot. And then the priest from the mutant worshiping cult, Order of X, is also Order of X, it's a headshot. And he gets it right in the mouth, too, right? So we get this, yeah. like, that panel of, like, because they, they're already crazy cult, so they draw X's over their mouths. But he's opened his mouth, and it's full-on, like, the back half of his skull is splattered out. Um, it's great. Yeah. Um, I wrote here, Sage has a sexy new number. Um, and also kind of a kind of a psychopath yeah she's very nonchalant about these like distinct headshots she should she could literally be on the wanted team you ever saw that 2000 movie wanted with the curving bullets yeah I'm pretty sure it came from a comic but not not a great movie Um, Uh, we learned that Domino has lost her luck we said she was losing it but I guess the well, they peeled off, which is weird because it's it's not it, you think a mutant power is inert, but she's 
or not in her, but in 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 her like, DNA, right? So like you would DNA, but they take her skin, and so she's losing it. I thought that was kind of a funny one, but I, I'll go with it. It's fine. Again, if if you want to play it off of like her whole represents a hundred percent of luck, so if they took off forty percent of her, like she would only have sixty percent left. That's how I was kind of looking at it. You have to kind of bend the rules. What do you what do you think the um, significance of Professor Owley being there? Owley. Um, because uh, so Domino's waiting for like this um, speaker who talks about mutant rights and has always come to the defense of mutants. Um, and there's an assassination on her life. Oh, that's right. You skipped over. I was no. I was sorry. Yeah, I was going to talk about I was going to talk about the Domino and Colossus um, conversation, which is kind of cool. That happens later. No, it happens before. They yeah, they're leaning into each other just a little bit with their PTSD. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that and a note about Beast becoming more and more like Dark Beast, who was a. I don't know how many people have read the the Dark Beast comics. With he's from another another timeline or another dimension, and he's just like he's basically evil Beast, and Beast is kind of reflecting. But super, like super smart, like he has everything still the same, but he's just like I fuck the world. Yes. Awesome. Um. Yeah. Sorry to skip over. Um. That's fine. I just wanted to touch on that. I thought it was cool. Domino. And well, there's more shit with the Colossus, right? Like, I love how even in the opening of the issue, they talk about Colossus is back as a new clone, but he can still sense that there's something holding him back. Like, he's not a full version of himself. And you know how but, deep he is. So he's, yeah, yeah he's, he's very which in tune me, with his. Which made me think back to like how this whole clone pod people shit could be something that's also fucking with all of them as well. Yeah. Right? yeah you've always said that since the first time that happened. So. We also get flashbacks, and now we know that Domino always remembers when Peacock was like basically peeling her skin and stealing her DNA, right? Like that still haunts her. And yeah. as you were saying, she shares that kind of memory with Colossus, who I laughed at when I first saw him. I was like, this guy never takes down his suit of armor. And then Domino is the one that kind of lets him reveal his vulnerable side. And he, That's right. he drops it down. But then, like, you look at his costume, and it's not really a practical costume. For it him. isn't. It's a silly. It's a silly. <laughs> Very silly costume. I mean, he's very proud of clearly a lot of specific angles, because there's his his outfit is like super revealing. Like he he's like an amateur wrestling, but like for gladiators. But like like the whole midsection is kind of like removed. It's so it's it's like a big V. He could be a stripper. That's what I'm you, you mean. You mean gladiators? The nineties. Yeah, American gladiators. Yes. <laughs> not, not, not gladiator, gladiator. You're a fan. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, I knew what you meant. I just wanted to make it clear for <laughs> the two people that listen to us. <laughs> oh, they don't. Yeah, we make references of things that you may not understand. Yeah, the night you show. However, you will understand this as Domino obviously saves now um, the assassination attempt on Professor Owley. She jumps on a board, and there's a panel where she looks like Domino Silver Surfer, and I went a little ape shit on that. There's your Silver cool. Surfer connection. You always find one. Again. He, she's snow. She's snowboarding, but yes. Yeah, but like the way she's coming off the cliff, I was like, "Well, yeah. I've, I've seen this power set before." Yes, um, yeah. And again, she's she's kind of trying to take down this. Uh, I want to say bounty hunter, like kind of remnants of like a Star Wars rebel type of outfit. Oh yeah, with the um, with the with the hood and the cloak and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, and then like the scion eye that goes back and forth. I like Sorry. really cool character development, but. Um, very much a mirror of kind of how Domino is uh, set up or addressed. And as she follows this person into, I guess, the chalet and now a casino, she keeps finding ways to 
see you, like who was the assassination attempt, right? She fails, if only for us to find out what Coke. That it is a mirror image of her. It's a piece of. It's a. It's a clone created from her skin. I wrote inverse domino. Yeah, it was. It was reverse domino. I wrote inverse domino. Oh, I wrote reverse domino. So that's fair enough. I don't want to write blackface domino because you know. No, I didn't even think of that. I just said reverse. But it's look at you. It's it's important. It's 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 important to (laughs) it's important to know that Sage Sage sent Domino to Tahoe to this place. This is the Sierra Institute where they think the next hit would be. Right. They thought it was going to be because the assassin was moving east to us, so they were right. So she's not just there randomly. She was sent there because they assumed the next hit. Because this person's killing basically mutant allies. Yep. And yeah, they found the, it's the mirror image of what Sage is doing, which is killing all the mutant uh, agitators. Right. So yeah, so the assassin ends up being reverse domino or inverse domino. And, and she's on the loose. Has, well, has a bit of luck. Seems that she has yes. domino's power set. Right, has some of Domino's luck. Which is another villain that you now have to add on to the X-Force, which at the time of, I think, our last countdown, had the most ongoing villains. Yes, I think you're right. So, fuck, uh, again, amazing. But yeah, there's there's a bit of beast development, like we were talking about off-page, or in-between pages, of him becoming... Just a bit of beast coming about. He was talking about... uh, Do Do you think that's like a genetic... Like change that will happen to him, or do you think? Like, I think he's becoming. I think he's going to be like super yeah. militant by the end of it. Yeah. Do you think uh, equipped with like the whole fur change too? Because typically, Dark Beast comes in like dark grays and blacks and things like that. I don't, don't know. You? Maybe, maybe. But he's he's definitely becoming. I think he's going to be like too far gone by the end of it. We'll see though. If if so, because that'd be Hobbit. Sorry, that'd be great if that happened. That'd be like a cool hot take. I hope he gets to, to like squat up. And if he does, I hope he gets to release Sabretooth, who's just hanging out. That'd be crazy. Um, that well, that just changes um, the whole Beast Wolverine dynamic too. That's right, because Sabretooth is uh, locked Best in. The, with Logan. He's locked in the Earth of Krakoa forever. In, in a cave, he's chilling, right? And yeah, he no, he's locked up. He's like he's like suspended. The, the, the smart money is Mystique would probably bust him out to use him, but I maybe mean, at some point because she's going to bring the whole thing down eventually, right? I think the fun money is like beast. Uh, moving on to X Men number seven, we're talking about covers. This cover's fucking sick. I didn't get to talk about uh, how much I loved all of the. Is it um, X Men Avengers covers? Yes. Sorry. Uh, sorry. X Men Fantastic Four covers. Oh, it's all, oh, it's right. all just the uh, roster members, right? So they just put whatever lineup of characters you're going to see in it, and so far. I love those. But again, this this cover for X-Men number seven, fucking awesome. Just Apocalypse breaking through like the, a mirror, or what are they called? The stained glass window. A stained glass window of Nightcrawler. Yeah. That was awesome. So it's a kind of nice. But super detailed. And I, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say like uh, him like battling faith. Like he seems to be. Yes, exactly. Here against like the Crusades. So yeah. definitely going biblical. The fact that he's carrying a sword just harkens back to Excalibur. And the fact that we're getting Nightcrawler playing a stronger role, I mean, I don't want to say it took too long because he's always had a seat at the table at one of the tables, but we haven't heard as much from him. No, he's been he's been pretty quiet. There's a few mutants that haven't really been uh, well, too heavily involved, kind of like with Rachel Summers thing. Right. Uh, Nightcrawler is one of them. He's kind of just been there. He's not really. 
which lends to his character because he's kind of reserved and he'll, yeah. he'll take it all in before he says what he needs to say and he'll reflect and meditate on it. Yeah. Uh, he basically meets Cyclops that way. But we'll get there because it, we first meet all of the Grunthers. Grunthers. Gunthers? Yeah, the Guthries. 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 I was not even close. Um, and they're all getting ready for Crucible. The Crucible, that's right. Uh, Scott and Logan follow suit. Also talk about going to Chandelure with Jean. So this is what I was talking about. I like this scene because it plays out as Scott and Logan as two old grumpy old men friends. As they just sit back in their parking loungers and they kind of chirp each other before like they beak into it like logan is super intent on just hanging out and not saying anything and kind of asks like uh Cyc- cyclops like can you ever just sit relax and drink your coffee and he's like of course i can and then immediately starts asking questions about like missions so like it's funny they're dynamic they're constantly annoyed with each other but they know they've got each other's backs yeah i, lo- I love their comment and especially because just we've anybody who's been following x-men for this long they understand this the history that these two have so you could like like i said two grumpy old men that are just so entrenched in history that you know no matter how different they are they're they're homies you know um even though they've definitely seen each other naked because they make the whole comment of uh this scenery at that place is something else it's like it sure is and then logan says uh genie in a bikini and then Scott hits back with Scott and a speedo. <laughs> well, who could say no to that, right? So like, bro, I'm telling you, this. I think they've all been really, really friendly. Yeah. With each other. It's an open. It's an open thing. Him, Gene, Emma, and, and Logan are all. Just... I mean, when we get to the ending, ask me about my cave um, orgy after party machines theory because I I feel there's a lot of that too. Probably. Um, this is kind of cool. When Scott was walking to... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> nothing, nothing surprises me in this anymore. I think anything's possible. Is my it's awesome. It's all great. But which, uh, there's, a quick, there's a quick note that uh, when Scott is going to see Nightcrawler, he's on his way, he does a double take when he sees Cypher sitting across chairs from Warlock. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, nice. what, what, what? And then they're back together. He's kind of like, was I seeing something? And then you even get a cocoa in the background of that, too. That's kind of his eyes open, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like I, this is a, like a, a series that there are so many conversations that we're not even privy to, let alone understanding that they're happening. That's right. And this is like Cyclops walking through a world understanding, or like I don't know if he it, he must embrace it. He must be like the the first one to embrace all of this shit of just like on any other day, this is where I would be focusing my attention and like what what's going on here, right? Like he wants to break into the Yeah. Yeah. But instead, he's just like, I got to go on to deal with this next thing. Because, again, like that Cypher conversation, I feel like there's a lot of good shit happening in that. Yeah. Trade off. But he's got to go find Kurt. He's got to go find Kurt. And he does. And he goes to talk to him about the uh, his opinion on the Crucible. Since it's a... We don't really know what it is yet, but it, yeah. they, 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 they share know. it in this issue. But. but I like how the whole intro is it's just Kirk, Kirk on a cliff and focusing on this kind of tower that sits in the middle of one of the mountain ranges and how nobody can get into it and he's the only one that's been inside of it and what yeah. he what he takes from being inside of it is like the spirituality of it like he just loves how tranquil and peaceful and how much it harkens back to like his faith because kurt has always been kind of not the moral compass but the the one that's used faith and belief and religion as yes. a way for him to 
his moral set and how he like lives his day to day, right? So yeah. the fact that he, he has a sanctuary now, but chooses not to go into it, like he 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 literally called it perfection inside of the tower, um, but won't go inside. Is a uh, another dynamic now that we're getting from his character. Um, we get another view of Exodus here, who's he educates. I said I wrote Exodus does something educates <laughs> the youth. Yeah, he's the creepy like counselor or something the camp counselor yeah that's having the campfire and he's just feeding propaganda to these kids like <laughs> no exactly these kids like this is how fucking uh jason 2 starts like friday the 13th not friday the 13th uh fucking oh yeah friday the 13th yeah, yeah. Um, like he's just out in the woods like telling like campfire stories until like the maniac's like all right i'm gonna kill you guys now like and so there's so the propaganda <laughs> is against <laughs> And they're they're really just not down with Scarlet Witch at all. So yeah, I love that she was cool. like such a pivotal arc for him. Like he he attached the villain for yeah. these kids. Yeah. So we can't wait for how she pops back up into this world, right? That's right. Because she got, for those who may not know, her and her brother got rewritten as Inhumans. So they're not they were mutants at a point, but they got in continuity. I believe it still holds. They were yeah. rewritten as as Inhumans. So that's and why they're. Even to an even larger extent, she became a danger for mutants because there was a whole arc where she essentially removed all the powers from mutants. That's right. That's and I, I, I love that. And like how everyone tried to like fight their way back and some got their powers and some didn't. It, it's, it still seems to be a ripple that affects certain characters. Yes. Yeah, yeah like, it's still very much alive in the, in the mythos of, of Marvel and X-Men. So it's kind of cool. People want revenge for it. So now he's got, yeah, he's got... Three little minions. Um, they look creepy. So good on you guys. And so yeah, and through that, uh, the crucible we discover is how they are giving the depowered mutants from M Day uh, back their powers by being shamed by Apocalypse in the Coliseum, surrounded by all of Krakoa. Uh, Melody but, Guthrie is the first. So I wouldn't say shamed. It's more of like a, a test of like honor and right. no fear because essentially it's training right like everyone kind of knows you're not going to win against apocalypse in this kind of gladiator fight no but rather than just get struck down they, they're giving them like you said they're giving them a chance to the willpower to stand up yeah because yes. she's constantly getting battered down and beat down and he's just like stay down just quit like it's over and she's like no i won't i'll stand and fight and it's not until the final blow where like you get a sense that she has no fear like she's she's pushed through she's walked the coals the hot coals like she's done that personal work where she now feels invulnerable and now accepted among mutants. So it's like, a, it's just like a super heavy drug. Yes. Um, this scene, especially coming off of where Scott and Kurt, sorry, Scott and Kurt were, yeah, we're talking about faith and religion and what it means and how they both don't really buy into it, but Kurt is more, trying to understand it from a questioning standpoint. Oh, I love his, I love his point of view. Go ahead. Yeah. Like all, all of this stuff was amazing. That's why I wanted to do this one last. Cause I feel like yeah. it has the most, it's so of, heavy. Most kind of like arcs that you can take some different places. The fact that he's, he's, he understands like already this is a tradition that's like so matter of fact, because it doesn't have the same, uh, it doesn't have the same strength of someone else normally dying because he believes in a soul. He believes that a soul is immortal. And if you constantly bring yourself back, like you lose something in that immortality. So like his questions on death, religion, soul, like for me, I, I just jumped onto, right? Like it's fine. It's great that someone's finally like, but what really is going on with these clone people? Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're both having this conversation as 
um, Melody faces off with Apocalypse, like their conversation is superseding like these these moments of violence and action and how and then intercut with Apocalypse just with his grandiose talking about like his liberation and like the rebirth and the reborn like it's 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 a straight baptism but like baptism yeah. of blood and like death like it was for me it was such a profound fucking issue because there was so much to chew on to yep. with, with just how like everyone is and it's apocalypse running the shit right like and then you look in the coliseum and like you see like diff- like you see havoc in his old school uh, outfit and like someone's whispering to charles like it's such a celebration and we're as as humans we're not far removed from this type of entertainment. Like this, this used to be our daily thing. Like this is our jam. Minus, a, the, minus the coming back from death, right? So. There's a there's a line there's a line a specific line that Nightcrawler says, which was I, I thought it was so sick. And he was just he's going he questions he goes why seek heaven if we can create it here on earth? And it's like oh wow okay I'm not a religious guy but that's like he's got a point like why are we what's our goal in life? What are we trying to attain if we can just die and come back, die and come back? And like you were saying about the souls, because right. you asked this from, from day one, you're asking, like I said, again, you're it's asking like, about odd people. This can't be yeah. real. Are they the same souls? Do they, are they just pieces of souls? Are they the same person? Um, um, Kurt has amazing one-liners throughout this entire issue. He says something about like morality and what tradition, like what will that mean? So yeah. talking about this crucible, but I love his whole, um, him describing Scott is all in the land of blind faith. Uh, the one eyed man is King. Right. So yeah. a little nod that like he, he, he always understands his place. And if he doesn't, he'll take time to go find where his place is and come back. But that line for me just solidified how much he understands what it is to be an X-Man and what it is for Scott to be the X-Man. Because at the end of the day, I feel like Scott's always going to take the brunt of all the good and all the bad. Like he's the one that the book stops with, right? That's right. And uh, there was like this nice little exchange where Kurt's questioning everything, but Cyclops is already on the train of embracing all of the, what this new world can be. Yep. Like he's not second guessing anything. Like there's a little bit of apprehension with the Crucible, but he's just like, whatever. And everything that Kurt kind of brings up, like for me reading it, it's like Scott's all in. Like Scott found his utopia and will now draw the line in the sand for anyone trying to take it from him. So like, I, I super appreciated uh, all the stuff they were talking about. There was even a, like a little throwaway line that Kurt talks about, like, what's to stop them from um, putting two, three mutant powers in one person. Right? right. And the implications of creating a Frankenstein and Cyclops didn't have an answer. Right. Like it seemed like this is the first time he had to start thinking about those kind of things. But I guarantee that's something that Sinister has been thinking about because that's the type of shit he likes to do, right? And already been planning it. And same right. thing with Apocalypse. Like, Apocalypse is always about, like, I want the best mutants to yeah. be at the forefront, right? Yeah. Um, a, a fucking great read. If there's, yeah. like, I, I wouldn't recommend starting anywhere, but this is something that, like, I would, I'll go back and reread this one. Um, yeah, this one's, this one's really heavy. Even in the death of Arrow, who, like, ultimately falls and there's that great panel of like when apocalypse is looking down on her and she's like you can live like this like a human it's an existence of a sort there's nothing wrong with it right and then she still gets up and she's like go to hell fuck you right and he's like good and then he's satisfied yeah 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 he really kills her um the whole celebration of them like coming back from death first of all the, the creepy panel of um professor x in the foreground 
uh, Storm to like the left of him and then Apocalypse to the right of him. But like X, Charles just says, welcome back, right? And I was like, Ugh. And then you get Arrow, who's like birthed out of like the egg and everything. <clears throat> but you get this crazy like baptism, which we've seen before, like uh, rebirth type of moment where she's on the cliff and like apocalypse urges her to like go show off your mutant powers right and like there's there's this cult-like connection to like this process like everyone loves this rebirth it's really cool it's it's super cool like it's almost it's almost creepy it's not there yet for me for me it was just like this is like lead into like cave orgies constantly because every time someone comes back like they're all there the person's always naked when they go like embrace. And I was, like, it always makes me think of um, which one was it? Revolutions or the Matrix, second one yeah. of Machines. Matrix? Machines, yeah. It's always a cave orgy. Like there's like X Men seems to be the king of cave orgies because I feel like Arrow just got it down with a whole bunch of people um, after being back. But again, another like you get all this crazy uh, imagery like second coming kind of shit, like um, angels and like there's there's light pushing through different like clouds i really i really loved how this book unfolded and i don't yeah, know it was a great read. i just felt like i got to ask more questions which yeah. is fucking awesome it was, a, it was a fantastic read but that's and that's that's how we end it with uh nightcrawler wanting to make a religion or start a religion right which is super awesome like what would yeah. that look and i'm pretty I mean, sure if you think about it if you think about it like a, Krakow's got everything else. They've got a culture. They've got this. They got they got rules. There's, there's got no love, religion, right? Food. So yeah, you got to give them everything. Fuck. To make it so that's that's that. So the next one we'll be at. We're coming back. I don't know when. Next few weeks. Next month. Who knows? Well, we're not uh, giving it up. Clearly, we're enjoying everything we're fucking reading. Yeah, we're taking our time with it. We're not going to rush through it. But uh, Marvel has started publishing again, so they might break away if we don't hurry up a little bit. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll be there. It works for us. The next one will be 33.5 after this, which will be the Aurora of X. But enjoy our morning. I hope you enjoyed our morning of X. Our fourth entry. Keep them coming. Keep them coming.